still used it and quite honestly just collected a lot of flies. EasyJet is resuming normal flights from Luton to Tel Aviv from this morning. It had suspended flights because of safety concerns during the ongoing fighting. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has called on Israel and Hamas to end hostilities and start talking. He said he was shocked and appalled at the shelling of a UN-run school in Gaza where at least 15 people were killed. Figures out today are expected to show that the British economy is now bigger than it was before the global financial crisis in 2008. Yesterday, the International Monetary Fund predicted that the UK would see growth of 3.2% this year, making it the fastest growing economy of any G7 country. People in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. They're unhappy their plots at Farm Terrace are going to be built on as part of a major health campus. The campaigners argue the health campus can still be built nearby without them having to move. A man is in a critical condition following a road accident in Hertfordshire. His van overturned after a head-on collision at Great Gadston. More from Lee Agnew. The man was driving along the Hemel Hempstead Road early on Wednesday evening when he veered onto the opposite carriageway and into a grey Mercedes. The 36-year-old from Buckinghamshire was airlifted to John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford. The driver of the Mercedes, a 64-year-old woman from Leighton Buzzard, suffered minor injuries. Police want any witnesses to come forward. In sport, England are top of the medals table at the end of the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Scotland a third after winning four gold medals. And in football, a second-half goal from Matej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood in last night's pre-season friendly. The weather, another fine and sunny day, a maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. It's all about where you live. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. I married a Stotfold man and we stayed here. As far as Bedfordshire goes, this must be one of the nicest places to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Get the fatty feeling, it's fatty, Bob Dylan. Not bad, not bad. Morning, producer Paul. Bob Dylan Redfins. Bob Dylan and Roland Rout, you never see them in the same room, do you? Do you? There's no reason those two would meet. That's all, that's all. There's nothing, I'm not in any way implying they're the same creature, they're not. There is literally no reason those two would ever meet. Although I do remember Roland Rat interviewing Jackie Chan, the uh, Oriental martial arts star. What, the, uh, the ninja? He's not ninja, mate. Racist. Huh? Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll he's, he's Chinese, the ninjas are Japanese. I'll withdraw. Thank you. Ooh. Madam. Oh, said the actress and the bishop. That wouldn't make any sense. Right, lots coming up on the show today. Bins, bars and bouts. Do you put your food in your bin? Then you should be ashamed of yourself. A group of MPs want to ban you from throwing away your old food. We'll get an update on Barnfield after they finally released a statement after our exclusive story yesterday. And will a dangerous roundabout be improved after a story on this programme? We'll find out later. 
got to say, these menus have improved no end in the last couple of days, Paul. Cheers, boss. Thank you, producer. 08459 455555. I like the mushy peas. Across beds, <laughs> hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I like the mushy peas. I do. Someone snuck it into the running order. Who 
could have done such a thing? Who would be guilty of such a musical crime? Who, do you think, could be the person responsible for allowing Shabarunks to make it into the musical output of this show? Mr Loverman Shabba. Morning, boss. Why on earth did you slip that nonsense? Because into it is my a, hey, hang on, calm down, calm slot. down, princess, calm down. It is a classic with a capital C. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, listen, I wouldn't refer to Shabarax as a capital C, but he's close to it. <laughs> uh, what a tune! You loved it. <laughs> yes. Is Shabarax still alive? Uh, I don't know. Shall we uh, try and get him on the program? This well, we do, yeah, we we got Putin coming yeah. up later on. Putin in one half an hour. Shabarax in the next half now, an hour. Now, listen, up. this is a big story, very very important story. You, Justin, you mm. should, and the listeners should be banned from throwing away your food waste, according to a report by a group of MPs. Do you throw away much food waste? Uh, Yes, unfortunately I do. I buy it. I Mm. do what I want with it. Mm. Don't I? A lot of people will agree. A lot of people. Only six... Well, that's the end of that convo. Mm. Only 6% of food is recycled. The study says councils should be forced to stop sending food waste to landfill and instead turn your potato peelings into energy or compost. Justin, uh, you've been out talking about this on the streets Ooh. today and yesterday when people yes. said about it. Well, some people are very passionate about this. Some people, quite simply, can't be bothered. So, uh, mixed <laughs> views. No, it's true, though. <laughs> I know it, I'm, I'm, I'm telling it the way it is. Um, I have been talking to people in Lewiston about recycling their food waste. Here's what they had to say. Dorothy, if you were to have a, a green bin in Luton, could you be bothered to, to separate your food waste into that bin to recycle it? Yes, because I do it at home. You do it anyway? Yeah, it should be done. I mean, otherwise, where are we going to stuff it all? In a landfill? At least if you're putting it into a food waste, it can then go to compost and can be put back into maybe some planters. We might even get some pretty flowers next year. What do you think about those people who have got a green bin, but they don't decide to use it? They're just lazy. Full stop. Lazy. Nothing else I could say to that. Is that a part of today's society, really? It's the can't-be-bothered attitude? Yes, I'm afraid it is. Children walk down the street, they throw their crisp packets on the floor. Parents can't be bothered to tell them to put it in the bin. It's just the way society is going, sadly. Well, here's somebody else here. If you had a green bin to use for your food waste, be honest, would you use it? No, no, I wouldn't. Is it because you can't be bothered? No, it's, um, we've got enough rats in the country as it is, quite honestly. I, I don't see the purpose in it, quite honestly. And do you think most people that you know where you live would be exactly the same? Okay. It'll be there and they just simply wouldn't use it? No, they wouldn't use it. My sister had it, um, used it and, um, quite honestly, just collected a lot of flies and maggots. So all round is bad news? Yes, I think so, yeah. Thank you very much. She makes a good point. Flies and maggots. Mm, Flies and maggots. We've got a green food bin, I think. The fact I'm saying I think shows how important it is in my life. (laughs) But that will annoy a lot of people because if you've got a green bin, of course they don't have them here in Luton. So if you've got one, you should be using that. Some people would feel uh, outraged that you're you're not using that green bin. Justin, we'll speak a bit later on. I've got more for you to do. 08459 455555. Who wants to hear a song that confuses Kelly Betts? I do. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. And Sam Spoon's rhythm pole. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noel, bass guitar. And Neil Innes, piano. 
Come in Rodney Slater on the saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Introducing Liberace clarinet. With Donna Ted Armstrong on vocals. Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson violin. Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, bass sax. Great honor, sir. Especially flown in for us, a Sessions Gorilla on Vox Humana. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Hearing from you later, Casanova on Horn. Yeah, digging General De Gaulle on accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on trigger. Tune in Wild Man of Borneo on bongos. Count Basie Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rawlinsons on trombone. Back from his recent operation, Dan Drop, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunican as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffa. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra Kid and Horace Bachelor on percussion. A great favorite and a wonderful performer, all of us here, Jay Arthur Rank on Gong. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a very good morning. We've had a call in from Robin this morning about the M1, just at junction 14 at Milton Keynes. Um, there's a lorry on its side at the moment and it's already queuing there. The emergency services are on the scene but do approach it with care. Taking a look so far at the M25 in both directions, do expect delays between junction 25 Enfield and junction 27 the M11. Also the M40, there's a lane closed at the moment for bridge maintenance work that's taking place just at junction 5 for Stoke and Church so do expect delays there later Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Right, 6.16, it's Friday the 25th of July I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there'll be no further update until 8 o'clock this morning. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. It's a fascinating place. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's a good mixed town. Inviting everyone to where you live. Everybody's there nice and friendly. That's what I like about it. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's a very friendly, gentle place to live. I was born here. We've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Interesting story you tell me, Paul. Your dad, as mm. when you were a child, forbade you from listening to the Everly Brothers. Well, from one particular song. Really? Yeah, well, you had the uh, greatest hits of the Everly Brothers in our car. Yeah. And uh, we loved it. Math- my, my brother Matthew and I, we uh, used to rock out to those 1950s hits. Yep, yep, good for you. 60s. Uh, and it got to the last song on the tape, Yeah. Uh, on side two, and it used to start, and then Dad would switch it off. Why? Because it was about... Um, had he had an affair with an Everly? Is that what it was? I don't think so. No. Um, I haven't checked that. Probably worth asking him. OK. But it was about a, a, an air d- disaster. Yeah. And, um, well, I don't really know much about it because never heard it. Kelly, that's one of your favourite, favourite songs of all time. Is it? I remember you making us play it once on the show and it was miserable. Well, it's not my favourite, favourite song of all time, but I do really like it. What's it called? Um, Ebony Eyes. Very sad. Okay, we might make you listen. I might film you later on listening to that song. Uh, That's going to be fairly traumatic. And your dad would would also censor Bambi? 
Uh, well, I know I went to watch Bambi with my grandma, but Dad, I don't think approved. Who's 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 did, did you make that one? You told me that then. Yeah, Kenneth. that was a joke. Yeah, okay. I, I riffed that one. Well, that's, I, I, he never I wouldn't let my boys watch Bambi. Why not? Well, it's horrific. Apparently, I've never seen it. Well, why, it's it's na- nature, natural. Nature, no, natural. The, not they don't need to say that. Those early Disney films are horrific. I won't let them watch Dumbo again. Why not? Because it's flipping horrible. Have you seen that bit with the mum? I was there with my boy when he was about three, two or three, and we put Dumbo on. And I was kind of, you know, just reading a book or something. I don't know. I was, I was probably on my telephone. An interested parent looking at technology. And my boy's watching Dumbo, and then he starts crying. Mm-hmm. And going, I don't know what's going on. What's going on? And I looked, and it's the most horrific elephant torture scene I've ever seen represented in animated form. Is there some sort of elephant elephant graveyard in that? Or something? I don't. I don't know because I, all I know is this bit was the mum getting put in a cage and whipped and tortured. Oh, it's horrific. Ooh. Those Disney films are uh, very, very nasty. I'm, Disney. I went to the cinema and watched Watership Down, and that was. Um, Fairly traumatic. I remember my sister watching that, um, and uh, it just coming back and was was couldn't speak for days. Was was in floods of tears. I've never seen that. Mind you, my brother hid behind the uh, seats for Ghostbusters Two when we went to see it at the uh, Bletchley oh. uh, Cinema in Milton Keynes. I need to I need to punch your brother. Really? Oh, he wait, was for- only about five to be fair. But well, I need to go back in time and punch him then. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Things you won't let your kids watch, please, or things that your parents censored from you when you were a child, please. If you'll be so good, my parents let me watch anything. I remember being. Um, I would have been 10, and my mum and dad took me to see The Young Ones, the comedy troupe, live in concert. Wow. Right? It was at the Fulcrum in Slough, and my mum booked the tickets and said, is this suitable for children? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember much about it. I just remember it being the filthiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Literally, they come out stage and they're effing and jeffing. And my mum, being the uh, parent of the 70s, was kind of like, ah, we're here now. <laughs> and so we stayed, and I'm sure, I'm sure Rick Mail did a ventriloquist act with his Winkle. I'm sure I saw that happen at the age of 10 years old. Wow. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Things uh, you uh, were banned from uh, seeing or hearing as a child, and what will you not let your children hear? Now, we've got you in for slightly more serious uh, uh, things, Paul, but thank you for that. Uh, on yesterday's show, uh, we revealed exclusively that the Barnfield Federation, the chain of academies, which has been the subject of a grim government report, has been split up. Well, we spoke to the governor, who'd been uh, put at the helm throughout the crisis yesterday. Well, finally, uh, Paul, we've, we've heard from the government and the federation itself, haven't we? What, what's been said? Well, what we've heard from the government is that they're still waiting for Barnfield to uh, to give them the results of the meeting that was held on Wednesday night, which, of course, we brought to you yesterday uh, first. And uh, that was really that they're going to split up the academies from the college. This is a college-sponsored academy programme. It was the first of its kind back in 2007. Highly su- successful. And don't forget that yesterday they were also, ironically, praised for their educational achievements by a big mm. education charity. Um what Barnfield have said is really just to confirm that, but also they've given us a bit more information about the timeline, about how this is going to play out. So what they've said is that nothing will change realistically before November, uh, and the change is going to be gradual. So if you've got a child at a Barnfield school or a college, 
Um, you probably won't notice anything in the first instance. You certainly won't need to change the uniform or anything like that. I sense that what's probably going to happen is that they're going to be phased in probably from maybe year eight, which is, of course, the first age uh, that they start these sort of academy schools. Yeah. Uh, and if indeed they're at primary, I guess that will be the first year that they go in. But um, we've got very little details about what, who will take over these academies, if indeed anyone will, in terms of a, a sponsor. That I, I believe they do have to have a sponsor. Um, but also whether or not they'll change the names as well. That's the next sort of question, isn't it? Do they still keep the Barnfield thing? Yeah. And have we had a statement from Barnfield? Well, the statement yesterday did say that uh, the the process is going to be a slow one. So they want to make sure that uh, everything's done fairly gradually. Uh, and that I suppose that they don't want to cause any uh, concern to parents. One of the things that uh, the MP Gavin Shuka was saying yesterday... Uh, was that he uh, was was worried that this would create a, 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 a sort of a fear, I suppose, or a sort of a, maybe a, a mild panic about what's going to happen to their children's schools. The message from Barnfield is, it will be fine. You will, you know, not notice anything as a parent or as, or as a pupil. You know, the teaching will still continue. Nothing's going to close. So that's the, you know, that's the the, the, the sort of sum up of what uh, Barnfield is saying. And so parents should just sit tight. Don't panic. Don't panic. And let's just see what happens. Everything will be all right from November. That's what they're saying. Um, so I, I do think it's... Uh, it's an interesting. I mean, you know, as, as Judy Oliver, the, uh, the former governor, chair of the sort of acting chair of the governors who came in yesterday, you know, she really did express a, a sense of sadness that uh, this had happened to her uh, and, and the governors as, as a sort of whole because um, I think they really did feel that they could hold it together. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that statement from Barnfield yesterday confirming that, uh, that they are spitting. I've paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. The entry slip road is the closed at the moment due to this overturned lorry. Um, that's at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Thank you to Michael um, for calling in as well. A lorry is actually overturned on the roundabout um, at the moment, so two lanes are closed while they recover that. So do approach that with care. In Beaconsfield, resurfacing work taking place at the moment on the A40 London Road um, between Park Lane and Ellsbury End, so do expect delays there as well. The M25 uh, roadworks continue between Junction 20. 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11. Also a speed restriction in place of 50 miles per hour as roadworks continue there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there will be no further update until 8 o'clock this morning. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill, according to a new report by MPs. EasyJet is resuming normal flights from Luton to Tel Aviv from this morning. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has called on Israel and Hamas to end hostilities and start talking. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England are at the top of the medals table at the end of the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Australia in second, Scotland third. More from Ben Smith. This was a brilliant and breathless opening day as both England and then Scotland struck gold in Glasgow to leave the old enemies first and third in the medal table. The day began with English flags flying high as Alistair Brownlee and Jodie Stimson won the respective triathlons. Sophie Thornhill took a first para-sport gold of the Games for England in the tandem sprint and three more golds followed in judo. The evening, however, belonged to Scotland. Sisters Kimberley and Louise Rennix won the host's first gold medals with thrilling judo wins before swimmers Hannah Miley and Ross Murdoch each broke the Commonwealth record to add two further golds. And Hertfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Laura Trott is in action today. A second-half goal from Matej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood last night. Troy Deeney was not in the Hornets squad as speculation continues about a move to the Premier League. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow. Watford make the short trip to St Albans. Luton hosts the Belgian side Royal Antwerp. Stevenage are at Chesham. Wickham are at home to Reading. Milton Keynes Dons hosts Nottingham Forest on Sunday. Lewis Hamilton says he wants to sign a new contract with Mercedes. Practice starts today for Sunday's Hungarian Grand Prix with Hamilton trailing championship leader and teammate Nico Rosberg by 14 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't need them on. You play chicken? I don't need them on. We just played chicken and Sky's lost. I didn't. I won. Who wants to play chicken? Kels, you want to play chicken with us? Yes, please. All right, ready, steady, go. Actually, after about... Yeah! 
After about a minute, the transmitters kick in. Yeah, I know, the emergency sound kicks in. it wouldn't, because there is some form of sound happening. Scoins were swallowing quite a lot No, that's not that loud. That does, it, it wouldn't. Scoings has lost two the, the, games of chicken, radio green, chicken. The green light starts flashing, and that, that is the warning sign. And then someone from Birmingham calls you, and it's you don't want to take that call. I've had that call. You don't want to take it. So are you out of the game of chicken? Birmingham call? Or just explain that we were playing radio chicken? It's, that is not an explanation What people are missing is that Ian's doing the arms. Yeah, the arms help that uh, particular impression. Oh, Scoins, you've got a lot to learn over the next few weeks, haven't you? Months and years, yes. as, as, as you continue to be the producer of the show. Now, listen, uh, you wanted to say something about, uh, and uh, phrase this carefully. OK. You want to say something about some of the stuff that's been happening yesterday to yeah, you? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk on um, social media and uh, other online forums about the current situation. I just want to say that, uh, you know, it hits a nerve. So, you know, be nice if you're going to say stuff about the way I put this. Scoins is, is not here through his, his choosing. A situation has happened and has developed that we, we, we cannot and do not want to talk about. Paul Scoins is the producer. Uh, these things happen. Let's move on. Let's get on with it. And let's just enjoy the show as it enters a, a new phase. Yeah, I just I, can, I just want to draw a line under that. That's okay. all I want to do. Excellent. That's that done. Paul, what have you found in the papers today? Uh, there is some... Uh, some int- oh. <clears throat> I don't really need to get further sight of these. Um, further sight? Yeah. Hey, You got a good one there. You folded a page. That must be a good one. I folded a page, okay, yes. Here we go. This is a, a nurse who was hit by lightning. Um, mm, as okay. she talked over the telephone in her bedroom. And uh, do you know what might have saved her? Oh. It says might. Uh, her flip-flops. WT bleep? Yeah. How? Well, apparently... Rubber sold. The li- yeah. Ah, sold. The lightning bolt struck the satellite dish on her Jennifer Lyons home and travelled through the electrical wiring, leapt from a power socket to the mobile phone she was holding by her ear. Ouch! Um, mother of three from Chippenham in Wiltshire. Mother of Pearl. Was lucky to survive the 300,000 volt surge, according to experts, and it was the rubber footwear that prevented the electrical... Tra- have you ever... I have... Uh, been uh, I've been I've been floored by a lightning strike um, during a, uh, a storm in Milton Keynes yep. years ago. Yep. I was hanging out the top of uh, our roof, which uh, we had these roof lights. You know, there's yep. the slanting uh, roof lights. I was hanging out looking at the storm. They've got metal edges. You idiot! What were you doing that for? Well, I hadn't really thought about. It. I was Obviously, watching an amazing storm. Anyway, yeah. the next thing, a huge crack of thunder. Yeah, and I came to looking. Uh, up at the ceiling. Wowzers. And my brother rushed in, saw uh, saw me lying on saw the floor. Saw you smouldering. And uh, he didn't know what to do, so he threw a duvet on me, because he thought that's, uh, I was in shock. You're, aren't you supposed to... But if I ever saw someone electrocuted, being electrocuted, I would take great pleasure in kicking them. You have to... No, you can't touch them. No, OK. Well, you, but if you do it quickly... You have to get a broom. That's well, the, the, you're touching the broom. Yeah, but it's a wooden broom. Oh, don't get a metal broom, because that is... Now he tells me. No, he tells me. We found out the hard way. Uh, could, could your brother see your skeleton? No. Your bright blue skeleton. Were your trousers frayed and your face blackened and your hair standing a tippy-toe? Yeah, it looked a bit like a sort of uh, scarecrow. The Queen is a right old sort, isn't she? Oh. Let's be honest, when she was younger, 
Fancy the Queen. Good day to you, Your Majesty. Would you like me to put my coat on the floor so you can step in the puddle? Maybe my pants. I'm being an American. <laughs> Anyway, so she's um, th- th- still going on about this flipping uh, Commonwealth Games, yeah. and she photobombed. What the now photobombing used to be called ruining someone else's photograph. Yes, yes. I don't like the fact it's got a trendy name. Yes, photobomb. Probably a hashtag. Hashtag Mo Farah has pulled out of Glasgow after being a bit lazy. He's got a lame leg. The other thing in about the Queen, because she's in a, there's a there's a couple of pictures of um, the, the rule one of yeah. any royal engagement. Yeah, don't wear the same as the Queen. Don't wear the same as the Queen. Everybody knows that. I don't think that there's a sort of advance notice of what the Queen's going to wear, but generally, if 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 you turn up to an event and the Queen is wearing the same colour as you, you have to change. You've got, of course, you do. And if you don't have uh, there's any any clothes, you have to do invest in pants. That's the rule. Yep. Yep. Um, lady-in-waiting Annabel Whitehead uh, was uh, pictured sitting next to Prince Andrew, I think, there. And um, she's wearing a, a nice little green number. Um, but the Queen is wearing an even greener number, and they've both got similarly green hats. And uh, one particular picture of the Queen uh, looking quite grumpy. That, that's not Prince Andrew. What are you talking about? No, it's Prince, isn't it? No. That definitely looks a little bit like he Prince lo- Yeah, he looks a little bit like Prince Andrew, but that's not Prince Andrew. Are you sure? Yeah, that's not Prince Andrew. Are you sure? Oh, look at you trying to find out that you're right, but you're not. You're wrong. Prince Andrew's all grey now and fat. While you're trying to investigate... It's not, is it? Who is it? What's his name? I can't... Yeah, because it's not him. A teenage boy had to have... Get this, Kels. You'll like this one. A teenage boy had to have a certain number of teeth removed. Have a guess how many teeth he had removed during a six-hour operation. Nine. Have a guess, Paul. Uh, six hours with complications. I'd say probably 13, 14. 232. Hey. 232. A teenage boy had to have 232 teeth removed during a six-hour operation. A rare tumour meant Ashik Gavai... 17, had hundreds of gnashes growing in his lower jaw, causing agonising pain. Doctors used a hammer and chisel to extract the surplus teeth and believe the number pulled may be a world record. Dr Sunanda Diwa of JJ Hospital in Mumbai said Ashik's malaise was diagnosed as boring, 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 boring. Uh, uh, A single gum forms lots of teeth. Once we opened it, little pearl-like teeth started coming out, oh. one by one. We counted 232. Oh, bless him. Oh, bless him, bless him. Put him in a sack and throw him in a canal. That is disgusting. <laughs> wow. Sorry? When my granddad was younger, he had a toothache, so he went to the dentist and got them all taken out because he said he'll never have a toothache again. So for years he just had gums and he would eat apples. Well, you only need the light when it's burning low Only miss the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let her go Only know you've been high when you're feeling low 
Only hate the road when you're missing home Only know you love her when you let her go And you let her go heading northbound. The entry slip road closed at the moment at junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now this is after an overturned lorry. It's just on the roundabout at the moment. Um, lanes 1 of 2 are closed at the moment. There is still one lane open for traffic to pass, but do approach that with care. Looking very busy now on camera. Taking a look in Brickettwood, very heavy moving um, on the North Orbital Road, uh, just at the junction 21A roundabout. So far taking a look at the A414, so far moving rather well. Not saying any major problems or delays. And the M25, so far this morning, no problems to report. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Where's my heads? Where's my heads? Good good text, was it, Kelly, you were sending there? 
Send you the good text, girls. I was actually um, just trying to reply to Matt Lockwood on Twitter, who's been oh. called by my uh, granddad's no teeth. Right, OK, right, so you're replying to Matt Lockwood, and where's my heads? They're there. Oh, thanks, mate, yeah. I look forward to talking to the weather as well in a minute, just to remind you. Unbelievable. Six broken Britain there, Paul, broken Britain. Mm. You look through that window. Yeah. You know Britain? It's broken. There it is, there's the crack. Oh. It's uh, Friday the 25th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there will be no further update until 8 o'clock this morning. Council should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. 08459 455555. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got a bit of hill fog to start off the day, but that should thin out fairly early on. And then we're left with a largely dry and fine day with plenty of decent sunshine. Now, we may just see some showers later on, not for everybody, but uh, where they do fall, they could be a little heavy, perhaps even thundery. And we're looking at temperatures reaching 27 degrees Celsius. Tonight, we should have clear spells, a bit more of that mist and low cloud developing with lows of 16 degrees. And tomorrow, another fine and sunny day with the possibility of showers in the evening and highs of 27. 7 degrees Celsius again. Now, over the weekend, we may see a few of these thundery showers, uh, but what we will notice is temperatures starting to dip a little. Now, it's still going to be very warm, but uh, with humidity dropping as well, it should hopefully be a bit more comfortable. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly! What What were you watching? Nothing. Hmm. Well, you were both staring at the computer and then you played about three jingles and you're still watching it. Don't make me come in there. <laughs> Don't come in, please. What are you watching? <laughs> Nothing. Hot potatoes. I'm going to go for that one next. <laughs> that was an interesting version of Newsnight that I had not seen before. Oh. Hey. Oh. 
while you're doing that... Yeah, oof, maybe I should... Um, I could talk about the introduction. Yes, track. yes, 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 yes. Good, Introduce. So, uh, this week's introducing track is by Arthur Woolwyn. It's called This Feels Like Summer. You can hear more from artists and bands and producers and DJs uh, from the three counties every Saturday from 8pm on BBC Introducing... Hi. Ian. Hello. Hello. Would you like to press play on this track? Yeah, sure, whatever. Thanks. Tequila shots and whiskey helping with my brain. My words are slurring, eyes are blue. This feels like summer. La 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 la. You came in with your boy. What is a Kaiser Kleiner? It sounds awesome. It's a hot, cheesy sausage. Man alive. Austria. And how do they get the cheese into the sausage? They uh, inject it. And then when you cook it, it goes all melty. Mm. Do you think Arthur Waldwin would like a a Kaiser Kleiner? Sure. 
He was, that was good. We enjoyed that. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, g- give us some facts and stats about uh, him again, like his that name and stuff. That song is out now. And if you head to Facebook and type in Arthur Walwyn, W-A-L-W-I-N, you can uh, purchase it. When you say uh, out now, yeah. I mean, is it on 7-inch? Can we, if we go to, uh, to our price uh, in Luton today... If you today, want a 7-inch from Arthur Walwyn, I'm sure you could ask him. Thank you um, very much indeed. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Well, what you got in the papers? Ian, speaking of music, yes. uh, are you in a fan club of any particular band? Um, I Well, I subscribe to the Beach Boys quarterly newsletter. I only subscribe to it because it actually comes in an envelope. Ooh. And it's, a, it's, a, it's old school. It's a bit dull. Do you have to pay for that? Yeah, I pay about $25 a year. And do you know where the money goes? Um, Does it go to the Beach Boys? I don't think so. Well, um, Duran Duran are suing the United States fan club. Oh, what? So, yeah, they're... they're after an alleged breach of contracts. Now, um, according to The Guardian, which is uh, it's in several papers today, but the lawsuit um, is with uh, uh, Chicago-based worldwide fan clubs, and apparently they've not met the payments uh, they are contractually obliged to make to the band. Do you know how much we're talking about here? Maybe millions? We're yeah, talking about, about $15 million. About $15 million? Yeah. £23,000. Uh, oh, Simon Le Bonbon, grow up, you... That's that's like Jeez. a couple of ropes on Simon's yacht. Isn't that's it? ridiculous. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. You don't get. Uh, with, this is one of the, the downsides of, of Facebook and the internet. If you don't get fan clubs anymore, you get fan pages on Tinternet. I run a fan page on Tinternet for the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get fan clubs. And I, th- I used to be a member of. Uh, when I was a kid, Bruce Lee fan club. Yeah. Get a newsletter, get a, a sew on patch, get a picture, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of monkeys ones. I was a member of the Penguin Book fan club. Used to fan of books. Yeah, used to. Wow. Yeah, fan of fan of Penguin books specifically. Okay, Jog. what did you get for that? Oh no, Puff, it was the Puffing Club, is what it was called. Younger kids. Yeah, younger kids. Yeah. Well, I was I was at the time. You got um, you got some books. Yeah. You got to go to uh, a, a convention. I met Roger McGough. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a legend. He's a, he was very nice. He signed a book. I was only about nine. Do you know what? That reminds me. I can, there's a Beach Boys convention in September. Where? Um, in South London. Okay. I last went there when I was 16 years old. Mm. I'm going to go there this year. That'll be cool. I'm going to apply today. But, yeah, I missed the fan. Kels, were you ever in any fan clubs? Or were you a little bit... Um, you, you, were probably, you were probably born after the death of fan clubs. I was in a fan club in that I was a fan. Yeah, she probably just joined a Facebook page. yeah. But I wasn't. I didn't you can't. Get being things. a fan doesn't make you a member of a fan club, mate. Well, I, I was a fan. Where's your commitment? I bought their songs. Let's get let's get Delia out to ask about fan clubs. If people were in fan clubs, okay. let's find out what fan clubs are in. I miss it. I miss it. I wonder if I've got my, my Beach Boys. Um, Have you got a, a, a membership card? No. Did you get you... one of those? See, I had a membership card to the Puffing Club. Ah, oh, it's in my other bag. Oh. I, I had a membership card. I was in the uh, Dennis the Menace fan club. Okay. Got a little wallet. Little wallet. I miss that. I miss... And this is one of the things that kids miss out on because of the flipping internet. Oh, I've got, an e- I've got something in my inbox. They miss getting letters that are, are to them. Little pack... My boy gets so upset that I get so many letters. They're primarily bills and stuff I've bought off eBay. But he gets. He goes, Daddy, I, I, I want a letter. I want a package. And so if we order something from Amazon, we'll put his name on it and stuff. Obviously, if it's 
age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm um, but they miss get kids these days miss getting letters, and they can open it up. I remember having a, a book as a uh, Mrs. Hammond, who I've mentioned on this before, a teacher I had a massive crush on when I was uh, only nine years old. She gave me this book, Five Hundred and One Things You Can Get for Free. And it's basically you'd write off and you'd get. I remember that. Yeah, it was yes. great. And you'd write off and you get you know, kind of a, a kids comic from the Milk Marketing Board and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But it was great because you were getting posts through the door. Well, there's stuff in the paper today about first-class stamps being phased out and, you know, just there being one stamp. Privatisation of the Royal Mail really has uh, brought this country to its knees, hasn't it? <laughs> no, not really. Let's be honest, the Royal Mail's a little bit rubbish. Speaking of things which have definitely changed yeah. as well, um, finally, just in the, in the Guardian again on the oh, same page... Oh, this is the final item, but Paul's just decided. Producer Paul has just decided this is the final item. Well, no, no, I'm not. Well, you said finally. For, for me. OK. What's the most popular? I'm really enjoying having you as producer. By Thank way. you. No, Thank it's you. a pleasure to be You're here. Selling in really. No, well. I feel comfortable. Good. Now. Good. Go on. We got. Um, what's the most popular genre in the cinema? Would you say? Um, rom coms. Rom coms. Yep. Action films. No rom coms. Just specifically rom coms. Specifically rom coms. It's actually animation now. What the? Yeah, it's replaced action as the UK's favourite film genre for the first time. Wowzers. BFI figures uh, have shown that um, this, even though they're only 33, they account for over 20%. So where are rom coms? You know, something with Jennifer Lopez in. The, the stats don't um, don't seem to back. I like Jennifer Lopez films. There's one film right where she's a, a, a battered wife. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a battered wife. And then she she kind of manages to separate from this 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 violent uh, husband and, and, and builds her own life. And then she learns karate skills and goes and kills him. Wow, <laughs> it's a, an odd message. Is there a dog in there as well? Because usually a rom com has to have a dog. That's not that's not a rom com. Sorry, I don't know if you heard the description I just gave you. That is on no level whatsoever a rom com. That's not Made in Manhattan or Monster in Law. Oh, the film I've just described. There's not, no rom. Not, oh, there's no com. Would you- we were talking about rom-coms, so weren't we? Did I... Then I moved on to another... Wow, that was seamless. Thanks. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 are heading northbound. At the moment, the entry slip road is closed at junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now, this is following um, an overturned lorry just on the roundabouts. Um, there are two lanes closed at the moment, but lane three is open for traffic to pass, but obviously causing a lot of delays at the moment. The M25 heading uh, clockwise is blocked. That's due to an accident between junction 24 for Potter's Bar and junction 25 for Enfield. Also looking very slow on the anti-clockwise stretch as well, um, heading past the accident there. The M40, there's one lane closed um, due to bridge maintenance work taking place. Um, just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church, they do expect delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. So, so far we've got what uh, the films and songs will you not let your children listen to? Ever in a fan club? And seriously, MPs are telling you you have to recycle your food waste. I don't know why that gets me so angry. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police search at Bedfordshire Quarry Lake, calls to improve recycling of food waste, and EasyJet resumes flights to Israel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake. Officers were called to Clophill Pits at about six o'clock. Bedfordshire police say there will be no further update until eight o'clock this morning. Meanwhile, the family of a teenager who drowned in the Thames in Buckinghamshire on Tuesday have paid tribute to him. 13-year-old Carice Marshall was trying to retrieve a ball from the river at Marlow. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill, according to a new report by MPs. Figures show that only 6% of food thrown away by households in the UK is actually recycled. These people in Luton have mixed views about recycling food waste. It should be done. I mean, otherwise, where are we going to stuff it all? In a landfill? At least if you're putting it into a food waste, it can then go to compost. I don't see the purpose in it. My sister used it and quite honestly just collected a lot of flies. EasyJet is resuming normal flights from Luton to Tel Aviv from this morning. It had suspended flights because of safety concerns during the ongoing fighting. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has called on Israel and Hamas to end hostilities and start talking. He said he was shocked and appalled at the shelling of a UN-run school in Gaza, where at least 15 people were killed. Figures out today are expected to show that the British economy is now bigger than it was before the global financial crisis in 2008. Yesterday, the International Monetary Fund predicted that the UK would see growth of 3.2% this year, making it the fastest growing economy of any G7 country. People in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. They're unhappy their plots at Farm Terrace are going to be built on as part of a major health campus. The campaigners argue the health campus can still be built nearby without them having to move. A man is in a critical condition following a road accident in Hertfordshire. His van overturned after a head-on collision at Great Gadsden. More from Lee Agnew. The man was driving along the Hemel Hempstead Road early on Wednesday evening when he veered onto the opposite carriageway and into a grey Mercedes. The 36-year-old from Buckinghamshire was airlifted to John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford. The driver of the Mercedes, a 64-year-old woman from Leighton Buzzard, suffered minor injuries. Police want any witnesses to come forward. In sport, England are top of the medals table at the end of the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Scotland a third after winning four gold medals. And in football, a second-half goal from Matej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood in last night's pre-season friendly. The weather, another fine and sunny day, a maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a fascinating place. Very wide cross-section of people. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's all about where you live. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. I was born here and I never felt any reason to move anywhere. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I like the mushy peas. BBC Three Counties Radio, three minutes past seven, Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Wonderful. I'm quite peckish. You may hear my stomach rumbling during the next couple of hours. A little bit hungry, isn't it? 
Speaking of hungry, food. Do you put food in your bin? Well, then you should be ashamed of yourself. A group of MPs wants to ban you from throwing away your old food. I'm kind of into recycling to a certain extent, but, but I don't... This makes me angry, and I don't know why. I don't know why. We'll speak to an expert in a bit who can maybe help uh, clarify this. Also, a whole allotment to love. Great menu, Scoins. Loving this. And will a dangerous roundabout be improved after a story on this programme? Well, let's find out in a little bit, shall we? Also, were you ever in a fan club? And what films and songs will you not let your children listen to or hear? Bambi and Dumbo are banned in my house. 459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Chop, you... You, I'm speaking to now, should be banned from throwing away your food waste. That's according to a report by a group of MPs. Only 6% of food is recycled. The study says councils should be forced to stop sending food waste to landfill and instead turn your potato peelings into energy or compost. Well, Justin Dealey has been asking people if they recycle their food waste. Yes, because I do it at home. You do it anyway? Yeah, it should be done. I mean, otherwise, where are we going to stuff it all? In a landfill? At least if you're putting it into a food waste, it can then go to compost and can be put back into maybe some planters. We might even get some pretty flowers next year. What do you think about those people who have got a green bin, but they don't decide to use it? They're just lazy. Full stop. Lazy. Well, we can speak now to Chris Coggins, an independent waste management consultant from Luton. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Chris, what's your reaction to this proposal? Oh, a little bit uh, frustrated, I suppose, in the sense that um, back in May the government decided they weren't going to in- introduce uh, a landfill ban on food waste. So it's uh, yet another proposed U-turn, which is, I suppose, indicative of a lot of government policies on things like waste management. They say one thing and do another thing. Well, it's just a proposal at the moment, but why... Chris, I, like, I, I recycle all my plastic bottles, all my bits and pieces, we put them into the recycling bin and they get yep. collected. I've I've got a food recycling bin and we don't use it. And for some reason, I feel a little bit angry that I'm being told I should be recycling food. Well, I think there's a number of strands, really. One is that um, a lot of people are quite happy to recycle things like you mentioned, plastic uh, bottles and newspapers. It's fairly easy. It's reasonably clean. But to, to recycle food waste, you need, you know, what some people call a slop bucket, you know, a, you know, a, a, a small bucket for food waste in the kitchen. And that isn't as, isn't as nice to use. No. Um, uh, some people do their home composting, which is probably uh, a much better thing, but of course you can't home compost things like meat and fish and so on. So what do you do with that? And I think that's the, one of the issues, and I think there are, there's, there's, there's health issues involved with having um, a food waste collecting bin. There are extra costs to the local authority and if you take Luton, they had a, a, a trial scheme for food waste and a number of other local authorities have tried it. But they have found it expensive yeah. and they found that the, the food waste they collect isn't sufficient to be viable to then process. Should we be recycling our food, Chris? If, if money wasn't an issue here, should we all be putting our scraps and our eggshells and our stale bread uh, in a food bin and having it collected every week? I think... 
basically, I would go uh, a little bit further and say the most important thing is to stop making food waste in the first place, in the sense that um, people should be managing what they buy a lot better. Supermarkets should be a lot more responsible. You, know, you have all these uh, offers like bog off, buy one, get one free. And I think people perhaps buy more food than they really need, and therefore prevention should be the key, and better consumer behaviour. But if I buy some food, Chris, if I buy some sausages I don't eat, and there's a, there's a lettuce that's gone a bit manky, that's mine, that, that's mine to do with as I want, and if I choose to throw it away, it, 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 that's valid, isn't it? I suppose so, and I think at the end of the day it's a case that if you take something like a proposed food ban, one of my issues would be how would it be managed? How would it be regulated in the sense that, you know, the dustmen are not going to look in your bin every time they come and collect it to see if there's any food waste in there? Mm. In Germany, they weigh people's bins and charge them by the kilo to encourage them to recycle more. Should, is that something we should consider here? I think that's a, you know, that's a valid argument. They do it in Switzerland as well. They do it in North America. And at the end of the day, it's a case you can, um, uh, you can, buy, you can buy bags of a different size to put your waste in. And that is another element in terms of policies that could be considered. So I think something like a, a landfill ban is a very blunt instrument in my view uh, and finally chris we're, we're talking about sort of council recycling i suppose if people have got a garden they could make their own compost heap from their scrap food couldn't they yes from the vegetable peelings and um uh, you know your your monkey lettuce that you, you mentioned yes but again that's an, that's an example that i think that needs to be uh, remembered and i haven't seen the report i, re- I realize it only came out late, late yesterday yeah is that if you take something like garden waste, now there's been a lot of um, comments in the news over the last uh, uh, year or so that the recycling rate in England has flatlined, has levelled out at about 43-44%. Now one of the reasons behind that, in my view, is that many councils stop collecting garden waste in the winter. Luton again stops collecting garden waste between November and March. And in my view, that's one of the reasons why the recycling rate has flatlined, is because people are simply putting their garden waste probably in their black bin. If their brown bin is full, they've got to do something with it. Mm. Chris, I appreciate your time. Always fascinating to talk. Thank you very much, Chris Coggins, an independent waste management consultant from Luton. I don't know why being told that I'm bad for not recycling my food gets me angry. Is that is that lack of education on my part? And I still find recycling a faff, even though it just means putting all the plastic bits and pieces and the yoghurt pots to, in one corner in the kitchen and then taking them out to a bin. We don't separate our recycling in our house. We no. just put it all in... Um, what colour bin is it these days? Is it blue? Might be blue. I think it's blue. We, we've blue. got we've got rid of bins and um, we've replaced them with sacks, hey. pink sacks. Whoa, <laughs> there's there's an image for you first thing in the morning. We got big wheelie bins. Oh, uh, see, they're, they're cumbersome. That one for rubbish? No, they're not. Yeah, they are cumbersome. You mean cumbersome? They're cumbersome, and you have to drag them out, and then you have yeah, to... Yeah, they've got wheels on, mate. It's not that difficult to uh, drag. They're all just cluttering up the road. Well, they're not, it's not clutter. It's, they're bins. Street clutter. Well, no, it, 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 they're bins. Unsighted. Whereas if you've got to carry a plastic bag, it splits, a fox opens it, fox uh, knocks uh, the rocks, it's all over the shocks. It's outrageous. The, it, it, the fox doesn't get into it because your recycling isn't dirty, because you have to wash it beforehand. You do what, sir? You wash, I'm, I wash my recycling before i put it in the uh in in the uh in the pink sack why 
to to stop that very. We problem. don't we don't clean our recycling. Well, that's how do they they're going to have to clean it at the end exactly well so you save them a job well i'm no i'm saving me a job if you, th- they're saving me a job and i'm very very appreciative of it recycling is going to stink i don't care it's not my i, they, they, I, I don't care why should i i'm not going to clean what do you mean to clean a, you mean to clean a yogurt pot I need to clean out a tomato Tommy Ketch bottle. Are you, are you insane? I have put uh, some... I barely clean my own pants. I've put things in the uh, dishwasher, which I then recycle. Oh, mates. OK, so you're using water, soap and electricity mm-hmm. to recycle. Well, then you've just completely negated what you're, what you're trying to achieve. My recycling is spotless, though. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's spotless. You have negated all of the benefits of recycling by putting them in a dishwasher. No, it's tidy, it's clean. Has anyone ever had a dishwasher that works properly? Every dishwasher I've ever had... It's my stomach going, here we go. Every dishwasher I've ever had doesn't work properly. You probably don't put enough salt in. I hate the dishwasher. I would rather smash up every single plate and cup I use and have to buy a new one than... Put it in the dishwasher. Tell me why you hate the dishwasher. Because it, I can't put it in properly. Winds me up. Really frustrates me. What do you mean you can't put it in properly? First of all, yeah, the dishwasher yeah. isn't designed for dishes. Yeah. It says it is. Thank not, you. Thank not, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Your plates yeah. are too big. Well, then... No, because... The thing the, about... The, it doesn't fit all the mugs in. Yeah. Some of the glasses are too tall. Yeah. It's just not practical enough. Also, the thing about the salt... Oh, man alive. How much, salt, how much salt and rinse aid do I have to put in? There's no meter that says you have reached... You put the salt in, you turn it on, the salt light's still on. You put more salt in, the salt light... You put in basically three quarters of a big bag of salt into that stinky, festering little pit of water at and the bottom. And sometimes you can taste it in your cups. Yep. Really. And also, every dish... I've had one... Two, three, four dishwasher, dishwashers in my life. Every dishwasher, the wheels have come off the little trolley on the bottom, yes. okay? So there's no wheels on there, right? Um, they don't clean. Stuff comes out manky and yeah. dirty. You're supposed to uh, rinse your plates before you put them in. I know, I know, and I found that out the hard way. I've done that since dishwasher number three. Right. That's still two dishwashers that have not performed their basic task of washing dishes. I've never had to replace a dishwasher. I'm just saying, you know, if you rinse, if you if you do your re- recycling and then you, you rinse that beforehand, the bin people are happy. Well, if you love your dishwasher so much, why don't you go and marry it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. At the moment, the entry slip road is closed, um, just at junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Um, on the A509, there's two lanes closed because of this at junction 14. Just on the roundabout, there's an overturned lorry there. Taking a look at the M25 heading clockwise, looking rather slow at the moment. That's between junction 24 for Potter's Bar and junction 25 for Enfield. That's following an earlier accident. And the A1, the Barnet Way, that's looking rather heavy on the camera heading southbound. Between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 
Threats coming up to 7.16. It's Friday the 25th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there will be no further update until 8 o'clock this morning. Council should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glasgow, 2014. So a first Commonwealth gold medal. This is going to be gold, another gold. The home nation's pretty much in a line as they're coming towards the home straight. Get all the action, including the men and women's track cycling finals, today from four. This is our time to be able to share it with our teammates and look at them going mad down there. The Commonwealth Games, online, on TV and on BBC Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We're asking uh, this morning, well, two things. Uh, Ever in a fan club? I do like, I'm in a Beach Boys kind of fan club. You sort of get a newsletter every uh, every three months. It's not a particularly good newsletter, but I like the fact of getting a little magazine delivered through that's specifically for me. It was in a big, uh, Bruce Lee and a uh, Monkeys fan clubs when I was young. And also, what films and indeed what songs will you not let your children watch or listen to? Bambi and um, Dumbo are banned in our house. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number on wednesday's program we heard from residents in aylesbury who are calling for improvements to be made to a roundabout before someone is killed there have been a number of collisions uh, where Devereux place meets the a41 bister road well this is what locals told our reporter justin dealey when he went to see them at the roundabout earlier this week it's because people just are they're just coming up from the mcdonald's roundabout gathering speed again they are the near miss wow that was so close that was um, I don't know, because a lot of them are people that are familiar with the roads. The people that hit twice last week were familiar with the road. They just say they don't see people coming round. I mean, I mean your fear is somebody's going to be seriously injured, if not killed here, unless something is done. Bucks County Council, what have they had to say about this? They've said that this roundabout isn't a problem. And you've stood really? here this morning. Yep, you stood here this morning and you've seen two. And there has been injury on this roundabout, and that was a lady on a push bike. Now, Karen, you're here as well. You've had to, to clear up the mess, haven't you? Because uh, we can still see some of the debris from a, a previous accident yeah, here. an accident here on Friday about 10 to 10. Someone come from Medicroft, a young lady, and a bloke in a lorry come from towards McDonald's and just took her out, didn't see her. Well, if you were listening to uh, the show earlier this week, you would have heard um, uh, me being knocked to the floor, <clears throat> excuse me, when a, a councillor came on and, and instead of huffing and puffing and blaming other people said, oh no, this is terrible, we'll have a look into it. I know, it's quite amazing. Uh, that councillor was uh, Ruth Viger Headley, Cabinet Member for Transportation at Bucks County Council, and she joins me now. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Yeah, I, I, again, I, we're going to send out that clip to all the local councillors and MPs as an example of, of how people uh, can shut me up basically, because you did it perfectly. You said you were going to go and have a look at the roundabout. Did you manage to get down there? I actually did. I juggled the diary and got the two casualty reduction officers to meet me on site with um, my engineer. And we went along, we met the locals, we stood and we observed for about an hour. Uh, And what did you make of it? Did you think it was a dangerous roundabout? 
Um, well, it, there's certainly speed involved. Uh, drivers do actually approach that roundabout quite fast, um, and it is dangerous in that respect. Uh, I was quite interested in the other roundabout, though, oddly enough, because standing there and watching the speed that the motorists approach this particular roundabout, it gives them very little stopping time for when they get to the next roundabout. So right. I spoke with the officer, the casualty reduction officer, who confirmed that there were actually more recorded accidents on the second roundabout so i've now asked for them to look at the three roundabouts oh gosh uh, <laughs> give me some give me some more detailed information however what i will say is that it is apparent that drivers are not observing the fact that there is a roundabout there mm. and we are going to look at some lining some hatching some signing and we are going to cut back some vegetation gosh what's what's hatching i don't know what hatching is Hatching's where you have, uh, for example, the boxing on the road, the oh, yellow okay. square boxes, hatching. OK. Uh, so that sounds like positive action. You know, the, more, the lines painted on the road, cutting back vegetation what, so that people can see the roundabout a bit clearer. Is that right? Yeah, some of the signage. But also what I think is really important is some directional signs on the road. Mm. So it just notifies people, whoa, what's going on? Let's have a look, slow down, think. Um, what I don't want to do is get people so that in the mindset that when they're approaching the roundabout, they're oh, I've got to go in the right-hand lane and I can speed up and whiz round. I don't want to encourage that at all. You spoke to residents as well. What did they have to say? They were very sweet, actually. They, there was quite a few residents that came out, um, and one lady in particular who'd spent many years uh, working for a, a, an industry that is very much associated with highways, so her knowledge was of useful information. They were just very concerned. They were very appreciative of, of us being there. Um, the officers engaged with them and spoke with them and listened and noted their concerns. Ruth, stay there. We're also joined by uh, Linda Whitewood. Uh, Linda, I believe you're disabled and you live in Devereux Place. Yes, I'm the lady that Ruth is re- re- oh. uh, sorry, referring to. Ah, OK. So you, you got to, to meet Ruth the other day. And uh, w- w- what did you make of the, of the whole uh, uh, experience? Well, I was rather hoping that Ruth would take on board a lot of my concerns, one of them being that there are too many roundabouts in close proximity and ideally I would like and so would the residents to see this particular roundabout, the Devereux Place roundabout, taken out completely and traffic lights putting in. With regard to boy races and that coming off onto Devereux Place and going up to Meadowcroft, a couple of little islands put in in the middle of the roads that go off just to stop them and make them come down those turnings on the right side of the road instead of coming straight across. I suppose the issue with that, Ruth, is once you start taking roundabouts out and putting traffic lights in, it suddenly becomes very, very expensive, doesn't it? Well, obviously there's a a cost attribute to that, but um, again, you know, it's things we can look at, it's things we can discuss. If it is too expensive, if the modelling doesn't uh, lend itself to, to, to doing that, then there'll be a good reason as to why. Um, you know, everything is open for discussion. So you will consider Linda's uh, suggestions? Absolutely. In fact, Linda's suggestions on the islands that she's discussing or, or wishing for as you come into her road... Um, is not something I would rule out. I have spoken to a local ward member and I have asked him to bring that up before the officers. Linda, it, it sounds like that, you know, that you're being listened to at the very, very least. Things are certainly going to be done uh, and your, your suggestions are going to be considered. How does that make you feel? Um, 
I'll feel happy when things actually start to happen. We can all talk the talk, but walking the walk is very different. And with regard to money and the cost of things, what cost on a child's or an elderly person's life yep. or somebody along this road, just a short stretch of road of 12 houses, um, trying to get across the road with a disability? and suddenly they're mowed down. You know, these things are of great concern, and I still believe that for here and Meadowcroft, traffic lights are going to be the best answer with a Pelican crossing. OK. Well, Linda, listen, the, the, the councillor has, has certainly said that some things are going to happen. Uh, the clearer uh, road signs, cutting back vegetation, lines painted on the road. Are you happy, Linda, to, to uh, allow the councillor to do that and, and see if that has a positive impact? There's still a time element here, yep. and as we all well know, that as time goes on, there's more and more disregard for speed limits, for the fact that we are in built-up areas, and you yourself, we all know that at some time or other we have skirmishes out in traffic, yeah. and it's because people do not pay attention in the same way as they used to, yeah. whether it's because of busy lives, you know, they're, they're on a oh, time but that would, that, would, that could be the same if... I've seen skirmishes around traffic lights. Do you, do you think, Linda, that what Ruth is proposing uh, is um, a, a good starting point? It shows that she's interested. It shows she wants to, to help and prevent accidents. Without a doubt. Uh, and that maybe we should, we should let this progress and perhaps talk maybe a few months after these changes have been made to see if things have improved. I think that's a good idea. Ruth, is there, have you got a time scale for this? How long does this kind of stuff take? Well, um, the time scale is we're on it now. Um, I would say within the next sort of three months, there'll be the lines down. Um, I can't just be ripping out roundabouts and putting in traffic no. lights. There's an awful lot of technical work that has to be done before we can do modelling of, of such nature. Um, you know, we, I am working on it. I've been out. I've met the residents. I've looked at the situation. It, there is a lot of education that's needed for drivers. Thames Valley Police might like to take an interest in this as well and do a bit of speed checking there. Um, you know, it's, it's a joint effort, and we, we will do something. Ruth, update your Twitter page. You've not updated it for a year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know, we've, we've been tweeting lots of praise for you, and, and then we see you haven't been on there since May of last year. OK, I will get it up <laughs> and get on it. Ruth, thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's ca- uh, Councillor Ruth Figer headley and uh, the other voice there was Linda Whitewood. The person who lives there. I do... Uh, Paul, I do think... That's a masterclass in how to be a counsellor. It's a masterclass in A, how to shut me up. Yeah. And B, how to be a counsellor. Hey, guess what? You're working for, for the, the residents. And she appreciates that and accepts that. Counsellors, that is Ian Lee's kryptonite. <laughs> it totally is. And what's interesting is uh, uh, Linda there, who's obviously very aggrieved and uh, lives there and, and doesn't want anyone to be hurt or killed, which is very noble, of course. But... Um, was still sounding quite suspicious that maybe nothing would get done. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's not a disservice to Ruth. I think that's an indication of, of how people view their local MPs and their local councillors. Yeah. You know, that they're used to, A, things not being said, not being addressed, and B, when things are addressed, things not being done. Uh, and so there is kind of a mistrust of what councillors have to say. I felt a little bit sorry there for Ruth because she has come, she's the only councillor I can think of and the only person in public office I've, I've, I think I've ever heard come out and immediately say, hey, there's a problem, we'll have a look at this. I can't think of any... Um... I'm trying to... I'm trying, I, I know it does happen. I think... Uh, I'm not an apologist for councillors, Ian. 
but I do think that uh, sometimes they do quite a lot of work yep. behind the scenes and uh, perhaps they don't get the credit for it. No, exactly, I agree. And I also think that uh, uh, had, I, uh, um, had I been in a similar situation as Ruth was then, when you're saying, I'm going to do stuff, I'm going to do stuff, and someone's going, well, it's not good enough. Mm. It's not good enough, you're not going to do it. I, I would have got a little frustrated. Yes. Listen, let's, uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you after the news. Let's, uh, let's leave that as it is for the moment uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Ruth saying she's going to do stuff and um, let's maybe check in in, she said about three months. Let's maybe check in in three months yeah. uh, and see where we are. Linda, I appreciate your time and all the other residents. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to talk about that. Uh, I posted a tweet from our um, Twitter account. Can you see this? This is something oh, yeah. I've, uh, I have I saw in Luton the other oh, yeah. day. This is a... Uh, let me describe it for you. It's a, it's a, it's a street in Luton which has been um, newly resurfaced but yep. only in part... And the uh, the double yellow line painters yep. have just painted the bits that they've resurfaced. Yep. And the old bits, which, as you can see, are clearly completely faded, have been... Um, What's your problem with that? I don't see what your problem I is. I just think that that's, that's a... You know, they're, they're storing up a problem for the future. Really. I don't think they are. I think they're saving paint. Well, no, that's, that's, that's a waste of paint. In fact... Well, how is it a waste of paint? There weren't double no, no. yellow lines there, and they've painted double no. yellow lines. Yeah, but they've only painted... They should have done the whole road. Why? It's not clear. Well... Oh, mate. Honestly, what will happen is someone will park on that particular bit in a few weeks' time. No, they won't, because it's, it's yellow, double it's yellow lines. It's nearly faded. Kelly? You, you can't see. You can, can't see. You can, Kelly, can you look at Scoins' picture and tell me, can you see those double yellow lines? I can see what he's saying. It's fading, yeah. it's fading elsewhere, yeah, so but they you probably can should have painted all along it. But you can still see them, can't you? It's yeah. like those times where they paint just around a car. And everything like that. No, you know. it's not. It's nothing <laughs> like those times it's when they I, paint. Yeah, it's it identical not. to that. Kelly, can you see <gasps> the other double yellow lines? Yeah, but they're not very clear. Yeah, but can. Thank you. That is right. Tweet Sorry, that again. Do you want me to say what you want? No, no, no. Yeah. Tweet okay. it. So I'm just wondering why Scoins has introduced this as we're going into the travel. Sorry. Right. Tweet, tweet it again, asking the question should they have um, painted all of the. Can, no. Hmm? Can you see the faded double yellow lines? Ask that question. Ask. Shall I put it on Facebook? Yeah, do that on... Put it on Facebook. Do it on that. Yeah. And then at the end, one of us will have to apologise to Tother. And I look forward to hearing your apology. Better go to travel. Yeah, I know! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A lorry has overturned on the roundabout just by the northbound entry slip road to the M1. So it has closed the entry slip road at the moment, just at junction 14 for Milton Keynes. So do approach that with care. The M25 heading clockwise, looking rather slow between junction 24 for Potter's Bar and junction 25 for Enfield. That's following an accident a little earlier on. In Borehamwood, looking rather slow on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And it's looking rather slow at the moment the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21A roundabout. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there will be no further update until later this morning. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill, according to a new report by MPs. People in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today and safety measures will be put in place at an Aylesbury roundabout after concerns raised on this programme. There have been a number of collisions where Devereux Place meets the A41 Bista Road. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England are top of the medals table after the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Scotland a third after four gold medals on day one. Scotland won two golds in the swimming pool last night with Ross Murdoch beating fellow Scott and favourite Michael Jameson in the 200 metres breaststroke. I never truly believed that, that it was possible. I mean, I've always dreamt that I could do something like that in front of a home crowd. Um, after this morning's heat swim, I felt so comfortable like. I really think I could challenge to be on the podium and topping it and that's what I came here to do tonight in, in my own head and I'm so pleased to come out here and done it. Sir Bradley Wiggins says he's finished with road racing and will concentrate on the track. The team pursuit was his only Commonwealth Games event but he had to settle for silver. I've kind of done the road now and I've kind of feel like I've bled it dry and I've sort of stopped enjoying the road if as it were. It's become so political and so much red tape. The track feels much more like a family and a, and a closer-knit group of people where you've got to work for each other, really, and I don't know, the, the road's sort of... It's quite cutthroat, really. And Hertfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Laura Trott is in action today. A second-half goal from Matej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood last night. Troy Deeney was not in the Hornet squad as speculation continues about a move to the Premier League. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow. Watford make the short trip to St Albans. Luton hosts Belgian side Royal Antwerp. Steveninger at Chesham. Wickham are at home to Reading. Milton Keynes-Dons hosts Nottingham Forest on Sunday. And practice starts this morning for Sunday's Hungarian Grand Prix with Lewis Hamilton trailing championship leader and teammate Nico Rosberg by 14 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee, he's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle, he's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh heck, oh heck, he's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh dread, oh dread, he swallowed my... (laughs) Now, Paul Scoynes is a big fan of cycling. It's interesting to see Bradley Wiggins, uh, or hear Bradley Wiggins in that report, basically saying he's bottled it. He's bottled it. He, he's not got it anymore. He's not saying that, Ian. He's saying that he's going to now concentrate on the sport that he loves, which is uh, track cycling. He's bottled it. Um, and and uh, you were saying something. You said that you wouldn't repeat on air. I'll repeat it for you. You said that he wasn't the best member of the uh, cycling team when he won the Tour de France and that it was a fix. Uh, uh, I didn't say that. You, you, you did. I didn't say that. You, you, say, you did. I, you did say that. I you say said that. he wasn't the best person in the team. It was a fix. You also came up with some bullshine that um, cycling is a team sport. Get out of town, Cal. They're not riding tandem. <laughs> He's on a bike. 
It's a bite. It's a one-man deal. I don't buy all this stuff. It's a team sport. There's no, yeah, there's lots of them, but it's not a team like football. In football, you can't have, yeah, you can't have one player who's not very good and has got sideburns winning, but it turns out you can in cycling because it's a fix. Do you want me to give you the math? Yeah, go on. If you... After the show. Dave Luton's on the line. Good morning, boss. Good morning, Dave. Cycling right. is a fix. Pardon? Cycling is a fix. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's all fixed. Oh, well, I have to fix mine all up together again, won't no, I? No, I'm not saying you have to fix your bicycle, Dave. I'm saying oh. it's a fix. Oh. It's like horse racing. Sorry. Horse racing is fixed, isn't it? Yeah. And we know that. Horse racing and wrestling and cycling are the three fixed sports. Well, a majority of sport is fixed, isn't it, now? No, no. Majority of sport is all fixed today. No, what, today? Of today, of today, not the past. No, it's not. Of today, it's fixed. No, it's not. Okay, name... Horse racing, cycling and wrestling are fixed, Okay. Now now name me some other sports that are fixed today. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, majority, you, you read about it, don't no, you, you, about no, all this? No, um, you don't. You read about odd games in League Division 2 that uh, someone's taken a, uh, you know, cricket, taken a bun for. Cricket? No, you hear about, you heard about three games in the last ten years where someone's yeah, taken saying, a bun. I'm, I'm saying majority. Well, no, of, yeah, but I'm saying... sport is fixed. No, yeah, you're saying majority and then you're giving right. evidence of oh, a minority. No, minority, minority, sorry. Yeah, well, you, hang on a minute, Dave. Yeah. If you're having an argument, you can't confuse the words majority and minority, you <laughs> plum. Okay. Excuse me, don't. A plum would have noise. Yes. A plum's noise to eat, isn't it? Yeah, you like plums? Yeah. Like some yeah nice juicy plums? Would you like to eat me? I wouldn't like to eat you, Dave, no. I, I, I no. would not like to eat you, no. Right, number one. Yes. This morning. Hmm? Um, did you? I did I hear you say <clears> you don't recycle? No, you didn't. That's a total disgrace. Well, no, no it, it is a it, disgrace that you've come on and say, said something that I didn't say. You did. You said this morning you do not recycle. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I did not. Can we go back to the beginning of this morning's programme? And you said, you were talking about recycling, you say, I do not recycle. Didn't say that. And do you know what, Dave? Uh, my new producer, Paul Scoynes, is now going back to the start of the show yeah. to uh, uh, to humiliate you live no, no. on the radio. Are you ready to be humiliated? Yeah, go on in. You want to be humiliated? Yeah, oh, you said you do not recycle. I didn't say that, mate. All right. Okay, make your second you... point, because we'll give Paul a couple of minutes to find that. Well, wait, give us your second point. Yes, OK, fine. And um, number two... Can you ask the council to why they've got a bus stop in Wallace Bank Drive Marsh Farm that when the buses pull up, you can't overtake because they've got keep lift signs in the road? Okay, so you have to wait so for what, got, oh, 25, 30 seconds. That must be a really no, convenience. No, no, somebody's drivers pull up there and they wait about 10 minutes because of their time. So you're stuck in there behind it and you can't go over to keep lift signs. Do you drive, because Dave? The, because the police will pull you up. Do you drive, Dave? I do drive, yes. Yeah, and you've been stuck behind a bus for ten minutes there, have you? That's right, yes, I have. Ten there minutes? Was about, there were about ten of us yesterday, five minutes, stuck in Wallace Bank Drive, yeah. waiting for this bus to move, because he was parked ten minutes. at the bus stop. Did you, get no, out and ask him, did you get out and ask him to move? Five minutes. We were five just minutes. sitting there waiting. Five minutes, OK. But we didn't know. We can't get out because we don't know if the bus is just going to pull away and you're going to be in a, a bit of a it, queue. It's nice sometimes, I think, David, to just... No, no hang on, let me finish. Yeah. It's nice sometimes, I think, David, to just slow down 
I am slowed down. We are slowed down because we're stopped behind the bus, aren't we? And enjoy, and enjoy the moment of peace and oh, serenity. Yeah. Right, turning on Free Counties Radio at six o'clock till nine o'clock in the morning. That's that's correct. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice and peaceful. Nice and peaceful. Oh, 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 where's our babe, um, Catherine? Hang on a Is second. Not, Hang on a second. Uh, Paul's, on, Paul's uh, can't talk about that. Uh, Dave. Yeah. Paul, what are you saying, Paul? Uh, just a bit above the uh, travel bed there. You can see a clip called Ian Lee. OK, so Dave, what, what did you think I said this morning? You said, they're talking about recycling, yep. you said, I do not recycle. Now, before I've not heard this clip, but I know I didn't say that. You said you do not recycle. Do you want me to play this clip or not? Yes, please do. OK, and, and when I play it, are you going to apologise to I me? apologise. I've listened wrong. OK, here we go. You ready? Yeah. yeah so we've got a green food bin, I think. The fact I'm saying I'm, yeah, I think course. shows how important it is in my life. Hello? Yes? I didn't hear that because I've got bleeping on my phone. Right, Dave. Basically, what I said, I didn't say I don't recycle. I said I don't recycle food, but I do do other recycling. Oh, I apologise there, then, for regarding the food. Yeah. I must have picked that up wrong. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Right. So, would you okay. like to apologise? I apologise. How many more times? Have I got to say it, or do I have to come and kiss you? got to say, you got to use the word sorry. Oh, so I did say sorry. Say I again. I Tell you what, sorry. Dave, do me a favour. Say, say, this is Dave Luton, and I apologise to Ian Lee for being a massive cheese. This is pardon. Say it. This is no. Your phone keeps cutting in and out. We're going to get this right. I know. We'll stop it. Well, I can't. It's it's you. No, it's you. No, it's you. Only when I ring up the Free Counties Radio, I get this blink and cut out. Do it, say it, say it. I said it. No, say it now. Oh, this is Dave Blue. No, I did apologise. Paul's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Paul. Hi, yeah. What you got for us? Yeah, uh, films that kids shouldn't watch. Yeah, go on. Uh, Old Yellow and Marley and Me. Uh, now, Marley and Me, of course, is the uh, rom-com featuring uh, Owen Wilson, uh, the lady from Friends, and a dog. Why, why? I've not seen it myself. Why shouldn't kids watch it? Because it's rubbish. No, because, oh, they'd be bawling their eyes out. Oh, oh, does the dog die? Yep. Ay. What films made you cry as a kid, Paul? Um, and let's see, I never, I never cried at Bambi. I thought I would, but I didn't. No. Um, well, as a kid, well, I cried more as an adult. Uh, uh, films or just the, the the futility of life in general? Well, Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, um, yeah, that's a tearjerker. You don't get... The, the, the word tearjerker doesn't get used very often these days, does it? And Kramer versus Kramer is a great example of a tearjerker. Yeah, well... So, two, it, films, it, it, two films Kramer. that made me cry as a kid. First one was Frosty the Snowman, When the Snowman Melts. Oh, no. Yeah. No. The second one was a film starring Jim Dale, made by the Children's Film Foundation, called Digby, the biggest dog in the world. No! Do you remember that film? 
No, I've never seen it. Oh, it was good, man. It was about Digby, right? And he drank this magic potion and he became the biggest dog in the world. And the army were after him and wanted to kill him. And there's a bit at the end, I hate to ruin it for you guys, there's a bit at the end where the army, uh, you think the army have blown him up with tanks and bombs and stuff. And I remember watching this one Christmas and I was in floods of tears... And then all that's happened is they've not killed him, but he shrunk back to being a normal old English sheepdog and he comes bounding over the hill. Oh, exactly oh, like that. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's sort of ringing the bell now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Now, what about that? Uh, there's another one uh, uh, with that uh, metal thing. That's an animated thing. The metal thing. What? Yeah. Um, um, what? Uh, Anvil? About the band? No. The metal band? No. It's. Uh, no, it's a great big monster. Well, monster. Uh, E.T.? Uh, no, not that oh. stupid film. All right, mate, calm down. <laughs> no. So it's a... B- no. what? Uh, it's a there's, uh, a great, there's a great big metal giant thing, and he just eats cars and everything, and the kid finds it, and then... Oh, the, 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 the Iron Man? Yeah. Did you cry at the Iron Man? Well, no, but it's... You said it's, you did. No, 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 I didn't say I cried at that one. But no, but it's, it's, that's a nice film. Yeah, we're not... T- <laughs> we're not talking about nice films, Paul. Oh, yeah, all right, I told you the tear-jerkers. You did, Paul. Lovely to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much. I've got to move on, because I want to speak to Mark in Bedford. Uh, morning, Mark. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm feeling emotional, because I remember Digby, the biggest dog in the world. What have you got for us? Right, uh, basically, the dishwasher that you were talking about at quarter past seven, I've got two dishwashers. One of them's useless, the other one's good. After years of messing around, I've figured out what it is. Go on. If, if you use cheap tablets, i.e. supermarket brand tablets, yep. you can forget it. You're just going to get white mist all over your glasses. Yeah. The, the second thing is to make sure that the blades spin round at the bottom of the dishwasher. So when you put all your stuff in, yeah. if you make sure that the blades spin round, then obviously the water's going to get on the plates to clean them in the first place. I don't think we've got a blade on the bottom of our dishwasher. Yeah, you have. You, you'll have something that spin unless you've got a Milo one, which is very expensive, you probably have. We've you? Got, no, 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 no. <laughs> we've got one that we've got, there's a, there's a blade that spins in the middle of the dishwasher. Bottom as well. You get one at the bottom and one at the top. So you you need to make sure everything faces down because that's the only place where the water comes from. I don't think we've got one at the bottom. I'll have to have a little look. They're rubbish though, aren't they, dishwashers? Uh, No, I live by mine. I never rinse anything before I put it in there. I've met loads of people that rinse them off. What a waste of time. What's the point in washing something before you put it in the dishwasher? Is your dishwasher not... Because you get that, that little pot at the bottom that collects all the mank. Is it not full of mank? Well, no, because if you use decent tablets, it breaks down the food correctly. That's that's the trick, you see. Obviously Even meat? Pardon? Even meat? Oh, yeah, but you scrape your plates, don't you? You don't leave oh. lumps of meat on your plate. But what you're missing is, as well, you're saying you're adding salt into the dishwasher. Yeah. If you buy decent tablets, the salt comes in the tablet. Oh. So you've been, you've been wasting, your, you're wasting your money, basically. Mark, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. The entry a slip road is still closed at the moment. Uh, junction 14 for Milton Keynes. That's due to an overturned lorry there. There is some recovery work taking place at the moment, but it's t- closing off two lanes of the A509 um, just on the roundabout there, causing delays. The M25 heading anti-clockwise. There's one lane blocked at the moment between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. That's all due to a broken down lorry. Also anti-clockwise, looking rather heavy between Junction 18 at Chorleywood 
and Junction 16, the M40. Um, in Borehamwood, rather slow moving on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Middle Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Dear listener, if you go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, you can see the picture that Scoynes and I were arguing about 15 minutes ago. Uh, it's a picture of uh, where some roadworks have been done and the council have rather ingeniously, I think, uh, to save paint and to save your money, have uh, painted the double yellow lines just where they've done the roadworks. Yes, the lines that are originally there are a little bit faded, but I think you can see them perfectly well. Go and have a look. You can either have a comment on the Facebook page or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Far bit for me to humiliate my new producer live on air, but, you know, it comes with the territory. Right, 7.47, it's Friday the 25th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police mounted a major search operation at a Bedfordshire quarry last night after a teenage boy went missing at a lake at Clophill Pits. Beds police say there will be no further update until later this morning. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. Find out more about that in a few minutes. But first, here's the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Fog around, uh, that should thin out fairly quickly. And then we're left with a largely dry and fine day with some sunny spells. Now, we may see one or two showers later on this afternoon. Uh, they're going to be fairly heavy, quite thundery at times, but of course, not all of us will see those. We're looking at temperatures reaching about 27 degrees Celsius. And tonight, clear spells, a bit more of that mist and low cloud developing with lows of 16 degrees. And tomorrow, another fine and sunny day. Possibility of showers in the evening, though, and temperatures look like they'll reach about 27 degrees Celsius. Now over the weekend there is a chance of a few thundery showers but uh, the main story is that the temperatures will start to dip a little. Now it will still be quite warm, still low to mid-twenties but uh, certainly less humid so it should be quite a bit more comfortable. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got to say, uh, go to the facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Look at this picture of these double yellow lines. Um, There are four comments. One is from you, Paul. That doesn't count. Uh, that doesn't count. OK. Do you want me to remove that comment? Uh, no, you can leave it there because it makes you look silly. OK. Uh, Michelle says, yes, I can see the lines, but it looks shabby, so paint the lot. Dave says, I agree with Paul. They should have repainted the whole road, even if it was just for aesthetic purposes. Exactly. Also, if there is any breaks in the, in the line at all, the law becomes unenforceable. Precisely. Well, I, I, I'm doing this as much, Ian, to help the council uh, to realise that this is a problem. Two things. If there is any breaks, should be if there are any breaks. So Dave's point... Uh, Dave, d- ironically, <laughs> his name is English. Dave English. Well, <laughs> Dave, not very good English. So that point is, is null and void. And there are no breaks in the lines. 
Uh, and then there's a, um, a comment from Lulu. Ian is right, scoring. Oh, now, so, now. We won't, we won't resort to personal insults, although uh, I think Lulu does make an excellent point. Uh, well, I should probably censor that, actually. No. <laughs> I mean, not, not for yeah, all right, all right, other than um, anything other than taste, Ian. All right, fair. President uh, Chairman Mao. All right, um, who's the fella in Korea? Kim Jong-il. Yeah, all right, Kim Jong-il. Yeah, why don't you censor it, Kim Jong-il? Why don't you censor it, North Korea? <laughs> yeah, why don't you censor it, Vladimir Putin? Yeah, go on, censor it. Did I tell you the trouble I got into for that? Yes, yesterday? you did, you did, you did. After that. the show. What happened? I got called by a senior member at uh, the BBC studios down in Millbank in uh, Westminster <clears throat> yep. who had uh, f- heard that we had been trying to get hold of the uh, Russian... This uh, is government. true, by the way. I was actually there when he took this phone call. And, this is true. Uh, wanted to inquire what the nature oh. of our uh, inquiry with the Russian government was and uh, why we, uh, as a programme, would be wanting <clears throat> to uh, mount a, uh, a bid for such a guest. It was a double whammy. The, uh, the BBC heard and the Kremlin complained. The Kremlin complained about us and the suits, the cowards, the... Bosses at the head of the BBC crumbled because they're in Putin's pocket. Not just my boss was concerned, our boss. Yep, yep, yep. Our boss's boss was yep, concerned. Yep. And our boss's boss's boss, God, was concerned. That's right. 08459 555. Now, a story we've uh, been referring to uh, for a while now. Allotment holders in Watford are preparing for their day in court as they appeal against the government's decision to build on their land. The Save Farm Terrace Group have been campaigning for two years against the allotment's closure as part of the Watford Health Campus development. Well, Justin Dealey is with Sarah Jane, uh, Jane Trebar, who's an allotment holder and part of the Save Farm Terrace Group. Justin? Thank you, Ian. Yes, I'm live with uh, Sarah right now. Sarah, the uh, so-called party bus has uh, just arrived here outside uh, Vicarage Road. How many people are going to London today, then? Um, there's about 29 of us going on the party bus, and there's about another 20 to 25 people from the allotments meeting us down there, plus the people that are nationwide. So we're expecting a turnout of about 60 or 70 people today. Now, the allotments themselves are just behind the football ground. Uh, just by the side, of course, of the hospital. How long have you been using these allotments for? And what sort of pleasure do you get personally from using these allotments here? Well, we've had an allotment for five years after the birth of our second child. We had a house with a tiny backyard. So the allotments not only gave us space to grow things, but it also gave us somewhere to take the children, somewhere the children could run about, be at one with nature and learn about community. And you're not saying we shouldn't have a health campus here. What you're saying is we can have both. We can still keep the allotments and have the health campus. There's uh, enough room here. This fight, how much money has this cost? This is costing about £35,000. We have raised £15,000 of it from um, uh, donations made by the public. The uh, lawyers have very kindly said they would just take what we could raise. Mm. But obviously the more money that they saw coming in, the more time they could give to it. It's an expensive case. You can't just take a case to to the Royal Courts of Justice like that. Obviously it's going to cost money and the money has come from supporters of us. What do you say to those people listening to this right now who say it's a lot of time a lot of effort and at the end of the day it's only an allotment surely you can go elsewhere 
absolutely not true. It's not the case at all. It's not the, just the allotments. Apart from the very moral fact that the council have used lots of spin and propaganda to make it seem that there's going to be a hospital built on the allotments, which is not the case at all. Apart from anything else, it's a group of community people coming together, saying that they're going to fight for what they believe in and saying that they're going to stand up to bullies. And I think we've done an amazing job. You know, this little small group of allotment mm. Watford, Watford plot holders are taking the government and Watford Borough Council to the highest court in, the, in England. And I think that's a massive achievement for us. Will you find out today the result? We hope we do, and we hope it's a yes, but um, it may be that the judge wants to consider. It really depends on the judge at the end of the day. How proud do you feel to get this far? And also, do you think you're going to win? Um, I'm really quite emotional because the turnout, the support has been absolutely amazing and this is our day. Um, of course I think we were going to win. We've always had a great case. The lawyers thought we had a great case. The courts have said we've got a great case. That's why they've let it get this far. I'm really, really confident and it, when we do win, and we will win, we're going to have a massive party down in the elements and we'd like to invite all the three county radio listeners who have been supporting us all along to come down and join us in the festivities. Okay, just lastly, Dorothy Thornhill, the Mayor of Watford, is not here today. Well, she kind of is. Um... Um, tell us what you've got over there. Um, we have made two scarecrows because we did think there was a chance that Dorothy would be too embarrassed to turn up today. So we've made the scarecrow of Mayor Dorothy Thornhill and we've made a scarecrow of Eric Pickles. So they will be joining us in one way or another. What's your message to Dorothy, if she's listening to this right now? I'm sure she is. My message to you, Dorothy, is you didn't think it would get this far, did you? You thought you were going to sneak it in. You thought we were a grump of old, bunch of old nim nimbies, as you called us, and you thought you would sneak it all in. Well, you haven't. We fought it on every single level, and now we're taking it to the Royal Courts of Justice in Westminster, and we are going to win. Interesting stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. There you go. Very much local and vocal. Sarah joining us live here from uh, Vicarage Road. The allotments are just behind the football ground. And uh, they're going to be off to court on their so-called party bus, Ian, very soon. They did a very similar thing on the arches recently where they had um, scarecrows made of people. It, it got very nasty. Mm. In saying that, um, one of your production crew has been comparing me to a scarecrow recently, so I know how it feels. You do look a bit like a scarecrow, mate. Cheers, boss. Hey, listen, were you ever in a fan club? No, I wasn't, but you know what? I've got some interesting reaction from Watford to come after 8 o'clock this morning. Yeah. And I think the reason why not many people are in fan clubs these days is because people don't buy CDs. They don't like to touch, they don't like to feel. It's all about downloads. When you used to buy a CD, inside that CD cover was a little card which invited you to join the fan club of that particular artist or that particular group. Yep. Because we don't get those cards anymore, people are aren't joining fan clubs. I think it's partly that. I, I, I do think it's because of the internet, because you get all these fan pages oh, on Facebook, I know, I know. but that's not anywhere near as exciting as getting a, a little membership card and a, some stickers and a mm. photo with a print of an autograph on. I miss all no, of that. Can I say this? I'm just going to check. Hold on one second. On. I'm outside Watford's ground right now, yeah. but um, let me just move into the car for a second. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, I used to be uh, a junior hatter, which was oh. a kind of a fan club for Luton Town. So yeah. you joined up to the club, you got a member membership card, you got a birthday card every year, uh, the players signed it, and as a kid, I felt really special yep. being a junior hatter. Yep. Yep. That's right. Uh, Justin, we'll speak to you later on. Thank you very much for that. More of your comments on the Facebook page about these double yellow lines. Uh, Lucy, I have to agree with you. What a boring subject. Yes, it is, but it's to prove a point now. Uh, and the, the tide is turning. Uh, Dave, has, uh, Dave English has corrected the English in here. Have we got someone trolling on there as well at the moment? Let's just maybe block them. Uh, Nicky says, I hate to say it because normally I dislike everything Ian says. Mm. But today he's right. The lines are fine. 
Jeff says the council needs to stop wasting money. So did right. Buster looks okay to me. So I, I, I'm I'm poning you online, mate. Uh, well, I I think it's probably fifty fifty. <clears throat> if I'm honest. Well, should we count them up? Yeah. You count the ones for you. I'll count the ones for me. Okay. One, one two, uh, two, three, um, four. I've got Paul. Okay, I've got. Am I counting mine? No. Okay. Uh, I've got two. So, it, so, I've, so it's not 50-50. It's, it's, I've got 100% more than you have. Well, okay. If you're going to bring stats into it, Ian, you know. Um, if we bring stats into it, who's winning? Uh, are we counting Twitter ones as well? Oh, because I've had... For sakes, no, we're not counting Twitter one. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. The entry slip road at the moment is still closed at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now, so some recovery works taking place to an overturned lorry there. Um, two lanes are still closed, but traffic is being able to go past in lane three at the moment. Taking a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16, the M40. And in Bricketwood, the North Orbital Road looking very slow at the moment, um, just at Junction 21A for the roundabout there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties radio thank you very much right double yellow lines fan clubs films you won't let your kids see tear jerkers and do you recycle your food well do you local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police search at Bedfordshire Quarry, call to improve recycling of food waste and Watford allotment holders head for the High Court. BBC Three Counties Radio. A teenage boy is feared to have drowned in a lake at a Bedfordshire Quarry. The emergency services were called to Clophill Pits at about 6 o'clock yesterday evening. Bedfordshire police say a further update will be issued shortly. A search is also underway for a teenage boy missing in the River Great Ooze near Huntingdon in Cambridgeshire. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill, according to a new report by MPs. Figures show that only 6% of food thrown away by households in the UK is actually recycled. Chris Coggins is an independent waste management consultant from Luton. A lot of people are quite happy to recycle things like you mentioned, plastic uh, bottles and newspapers. It's fairly easy. It's reasonably clean, but to to recycle food waste, you need, you know, what some people call a slop bucket, you know, a, you know, a, a small bucket for food waste in the kitchen. People in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. They're unhappy their plots at Farm Terrace are going to be built on as part of the major health campus development. Campaigner Sarah Jane Treebar is an allotment holder. It's a group of community people coming together saying that they're going to fight for what they believe in and saying that they're going to stand up to bullies. And I think we've done a amazing job, you know, this little small group of allotment Watford plot holders are taking the government and Watford Borough Council to the highest court in, the, in England and I think that's a massive achievement for us. 
EasyJet is resuming normal flights from Luton to Tel Aviv from this morning after safety concerns during the ongoing fighting. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has called on Israel and Hamas to end hostilities. Royal Bank of Scotland has announced a big rise in pre-tax profits. It made £2.6 billion in the first half of this year. RBS said the results, released a week earlier than scheduled, were better than expected because of the improvement in the UK economy. Safety measures will be put in place at an Aylesbury roundabout after concerns raised on this programme. There have been a number of collisions where Devereux Place meets the A41 Bister Road. Ruth Feigl-Hederley, the Cabinet Member for Transport at Bucks County Council, says they will make improvements. It is apparent that drivers are not observing the fact that there is a roundabout there mm. and we are going to look at some lining, some hatching, some signing and we are going to cut back some vegetation. In sport, England are top of the medals table at the end of the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Scotland are third after winning four gold medals. And in football, a second-half goal from Atej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood in last night's pre-season friendly. The weather, another fine and sunny day. Maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a good mixed town. There's lots of things going on. It's all about where you live. Everybody's so nice and friendly. That's what I like about it. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. It's a very friendly, gentle place to live. We've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. A new menu each hour. I'm being spoilt. Have you been put off recycling? Been? No? What if you were forced to recycle your food waste because it was banned? A group of MPs says that should happen. Duran Duran are suing a fan club because it's not paid them royalties, allegedly. Have you ever been a member of a fan club? What was it and why do you miss it? And double yellow lines. Go to the Facebook page and have a look. Scorns and I are having a little Barney. I'm totally, totally right. He is totally, totally in the wrong. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can give us a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, you should be banned from throwing away your food waste. That's according to a a report by a group of MPs. Only 6% of food is recycled. The study says councils should be forced to stop sending food waste to landfill and instead turn your potato peelings into energy or compost. Well, in a moment, we'll hear from uh, Joan Wally, who's chair of the Environmental Audit Committee that produced the report. But first, we can speak to Councillor Dave Taylor, portfolio holder for the Environment at Luton Borough Council. Dave, thank you very much for coming in. Should councils be banned from sending food waste to landfill? Good morning, and yes, you're right. Why are we wasting food? Why are we wasting our own money? You know, why should we be throwing food away? Um, but to go back, um, we did collect food waste uh, for the last f- for five years, right? And but we stopped it. Um, why did be- you stop it? What was well, why a it because working? of the cost, because of the budget reductions that we got. Um, you know the the, the the real serious budget problems uh, because there was a cost to collecting it separately, mm. um, and the fact that um, the actual amount of food people were putting in the blue bins was reducing. 
because over a period of a week, and you see, you know, when you start to fill the bin up, you think, well, why are we filling this bin up with food, with, you know, food that we're not using, you know, mm. half-eaten loaves? Um, and it, it changed my habits as well. Um, but because of the budget reductions, we had to stop doing it, um, and the food waste goes into the black bin now. There are mixed messages coming from the government. Um, Eric Pickle saying it's everybody's right to have a weekly black bin collection. Mm. Um, but if the government gave us the resources, um, we certainly gladly um, reintroduce uh, collecting food. But it's waste. not cost effective to do that. It, 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 it isn't. It isn't. But it, I guess part of the problem is food is so cheap nowadays compared to what it was 10 20 years ago that and we get all these buy one get one free offers yeah. that we, we kind of yeah. we buy we take more food home with us than we actually yes. need don't we yes yes as, as, as if there was you know um, um going to be a shortage on mm. and you buy more than you you you, you have to how do Not, we get around that though it, it's, it's difficult i think the supermarkets are promoting buy one get one free and i think people impulse buy oh that's that's good value that's a good deal and then when they get home and the extra loaf is still sitting in, the, you know, the bread bin mm. for, for, for a fortnight and then it's chucked away. I think we've got to change our habits. Uh, and since then, we've, we've, we've had a campaign in Luton, which is, which is uh, love food, hate waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain recipes and things. And we've had road shows with, with chefs saying how you can get the best out of your food, basic ingredients that don't cost very much. Um, to reduce what you actually throw away because you're paying for it in the end. Yeah. Also, we don't know we don't know how to cook anymore. And my, I remember my mum cooking, and you know, all the scraps would go in some a stew or something at the end of the week, or make a nice bit of bubble, or you know, it, it would all get used. Ab- absolutely. You know, when I was a youngster, to waste food. I mean, that was a crime mm. because it cost you money. But now we've got a throwaway society that throws away everything. Um, and uh, to their cost. And also, uh, if people have got gardens, they could have their own little compost heap as well. There yeah, are things yeah, that do. can be done. They do. Um, every once in a while, we have the compost bin sale yeah. um, down at the depot down in Kingsway. Yeah. Um, and they're a very reduced price. And we just say, you know, come and pick your own compost bin. I think it was about £5 or something like that. Mm. Um, and it was brilliant. Um, so people do compost their food waste. But I think it brought it home to people when we did the food waste collection that uh, month on month it actually reduced when people realised uh, what they were wasting. Now, this, this is only a proposal, but if this happened, would... would, would, would uh, we'll speak to Joan in a second and, and, and find out, but would, would, is your interpretation of this that councils would be fined or there would be a financial... Um, uh, the, the punishment if you didn't recycle food, if you were sending food to landfill? Well, it's EU regulations, and there's, there's more coming, and there's more EU regulations all the time as regards, you know, food waste and, and, and landfill, mm. uh, because all that additional stuff that goes into your black bin goes to landfill, which is currently around £70 a tonne, mm. that the council taxpayers have to pay. Dave Seller, let's, let's uh, speak to Joan now. Uh, morning, Joan. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. You, Pleasure. W- would local councils be, be financially punished if they continue to send food to landfill? Well, what our Environmental Audit Select Committee report is saying, that there should be a ban on food actually going to landfill because food is a resource and we should be using that, as your councillor has just said. So it's all about getting the right regulations in place, it's getting the right kind of curb collections and food separation collections in place 
It's all about having a whole infrastructure that makes it possible for us, instead of having, you know, 30% of food waste in those black bags, mm. not having food going to landfill at all. It costs money, doesn't it? And, and as we all know, Huge councils amount. are really cash-strapped at the moment. Absolutely, and that's why, you know, Dave is absolutely right when he says that the government is sending out mixed messages. We need a simple set of regulations and guidance from government. And instead of all this nonsense about weekly collections without any of the money to actually recycle and reuse, people really don't know how best to deal with the food waste. Look, I can see that Luton Council has done an enormous amount with the Love Food, Hate Waste campaigns, the local composting. But with all that Luton has done, like every other council in the country, we need to be getting to 70% of recycling rates. Uh, they, they tried the food uh, recycling for five years and it wasn't cost effective. People just weren't doing it. Well, I think it was interesting to see that one of the um, comments that your councillor made was that people were actually um, throwing away less because they were perhaps reusing the food more. And I take on board everything that is said about home economics. You know, we should be teaching youngsters, the next generation, how to cook food and and how to prevent food being wasted. But you see, it's costing each household um, somewhere in the region of £450 a year in food waste. But think of how much it's costing the local councils to do all this collection when that money could be spent on other essential services that are stealing the cutback. But but money would would be spent on the collection, the recycling collection, wouldn't it? Well, you would have... If you actually look at the at the figures that have been done, if we were to move much more to reuse and recycling, not just on food now, but on all components and manufacturing processes and everything else, we'd be talking about freeing up overall an extra nine billion pounds for the UK economy. You know, and the old phrase, where does mock this brass? Um, waste has got a value to it and at the moment we're not recognising that value and the government is making short term decisions rather than supporting business to make, if you like, the whole business about, well, to make everything about how we do business much more resource efficient and being more resource efficient, whether it's food, whether it's industrial processes is where we need to be and that that requires investment to actually provide those cost savings. Joan, if people have bought the food and then they chuck it away, it's theirs to do with what they want, isn't it? Why should they recycle it? Well, we have to look at the long-term future for our children and our grandchildren, and we have to look at the population increase. And we have to realise that there's a limit to how much we can carry on using up resources that don't get reused. So why not use that what is wasted to produce fuel, to produce fertiliser. And so rather than this way we've always done business, you know, you extract something and you use it and you throw it away, this awful throwaway society that we now have, why not just realise that it goes, it can go if we only invest to do it so, round and round. And that's the answer, that what we're doing is the right thing um, not just for ourselves, but for the environment as well. Could you see a situation, Joan, where, where uh, individuals are fined for not recycling their food? Well, I think that that's going a long way forward. I think what we need is a public debate about how we view waste and what, how waste is actually valuable rather than something that we just chuck away. And I hope that our select committee report has started that. And then who knows what ideas we might come up with. But it requires regulation. It requires tax incentives. And, you know, if other countries can actually work towards a ban on landfill, as in fact Scotland are doing, 
why can't we? Just go back to the first question, Joan, which I, I noticed you cleverly sidestepped. Would councils be uh, faced with uh, financial punishment if they kept putting food in landfills? Well, councils are being, um, if you like, penalised at the moment because of the cost of landfill. I mean, that's <clears> the point. We already have the cost. Every council that sends waste to landfill is paying whatever it is, £80 or whatever the going rate is. Mm. So there's a financial penalty there already. So to actually avoid um, food waste going to landfill is actually a saving. And so we need to stop looking at things, um, you know, in, in the traditional way that we have. There's already a financial penalty. That's why we have a landfill tax in the first place. But at the moment, food is allowed. And our report is saying that food shouldn't be allowed. And we're saying that we should be extracting the value out of resources in a different way, creating jobs as well. Joan Wally, Chair of the Environmental Audit Committee, thank you very much. Um, it kind of makes sense what she's saying, doesn't it, Joan? Yeah, I, I've got to agree with, with Joan there. and uh, I think we need a government that, that, that cares about the environment um, and is conscious of the waste that's produced. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's the old adage to throw away society. Mm. Uh, but with recycling, uh, we do pretty well with that. Mm. And there's always an end market. I mean, the aluminium cans, um, the drink cans, uh, you know, we, that, that sold. It was the last time I checked was about £600 a tonne. Mm. I mean, wow. that's, that's decent money. Yeah. Um, it's a lot less for other things, but uh, clear glass we recycle as well. But with the food waste was taken to a plant in central Bedfordshire. Um, and it went through what is called anaerobic digestion. Mm. Um, and it was made into compost. Um, so there was an end market for that, for people to buy. But yeah, I mean, it is, there is a cost to everything that you do. There's a cost in the food that you buy, the food that you throw away, and what goes to landfill as well. So very quickly, while I've got you here, I've been arguing with my new producer, Paul Scoynes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this picture here, of these roadworks in Luton, okay, mm. where they've, they've, they've done the roadworks, they've painted double yellow lines over the roadworks and, and ignored the rest. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I don't know if you can, can see can it. Can, a, can you uh, see it? So it's, you've got bright yellow lines over the roadworks, yeah. and the rest are faded, but you can still see the double yellow lines. Yeah. Paul thinks they should have painted all along the lines. I think that's an acceptable, uh, sensible you know, use of resources. What's your take I, I, on it? I would guess the contractor came along to do the repair, yeah. and part of, the, part of the, the, the remit was to reinstate the yellow lines, yeah. which is what they've done. Which is what they've done. Yeah. And you can still see those other... Dub- I mean, it doesn't yeah. look the smartest yeah. in the world, but it's yeah. not... It's not yeah. Criminal outrageous. And, and, and eventually, you know, that they will, the yellow lines will be refreshed. But I think that's, that's a job that we've asked them to do, and that's and what they've, they've done. done. It. Dave, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Listen, thank you so much for coming in. Really interesting stuff. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. An the entry slip road at the moment onto the northbound stretch of the M1 just at junction 14 for Milton Keynes also closing at two lanes on the A509 um, at junction 14 there um, causing some delays as you can well imagine heading anti-clockwise on the M25 rather slow moving between junction 18 at Chorleywood and junction 16 the M40 um, looking rather slow at the moment in Park Street on the A414 just around the Park Street roundabout and having a check on the trains everything's running well no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. 8.17. It's Friday. Friday. 
the 25th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A teenage boy is feared to have drowned in a lake at a Bedfordshire quarry. The emergency services were called to Clophill Pits at about six o'clock yesterday evening. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. Luton Borough Council says it's too expensive to have a separate food waste collection. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. Coming up, recycling, do you bother? Ever been in a fan club? And what films just uh, would you not let your children watch? And if I keep talking, Jonathan Vernon-Smith will keep hesitating about coming in. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm not normally one to talk about myself, but tonight, I might make an exception. And the station, I think, when I launched it, I knew that it was going to sound pretty good. Well, I'm allowed this time. I'm celebrating 50 years of broadcasting. Caroline South, Tony Blackburn here with you. Tune to Radio Caroline on 199. Wonderful, Big L. The happy sound of Radio 1. Join me and relive some of my 50 years. It's not just me waffling on about me. I'll have some great music, too. He's a 24-7 broadcaster, and he will go on forever. 50 years of me, tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Number one. Who? <laughs> I am asking Jonathan Vernon-Smith about his uh, flea-ridden uh, house. Correction. Former flea-ridden house. Oh, you reckon? I think what so. What happened? I had, uh, yesterday I had, a, I had a flea man out. Ooh. And he has nuked my house. How did he do it? Was it? Did he like spray powder or something? What's the? I had to leave the house. He put on a mask. Oh, yeah. uh, I had to. I had to do it. I've done three days of preparation. Yep. Before he arrived, okay. which involved moving all the furniture, vacuuming everywhere, yep. washing all the bedding, including the duvets, the pillows, the everything. Wow. You name it. Yeah. Then he arrived yesterday. He put on this kind of Terminator mask yes. with this great big canisters. And he walked around the house, drenching everything in what he described as an emulsion. Even the cat? <laughs> no, no the, not the cat. No. But the cat was then taken to the vet. Yeah. He had a, a, a host of special flea treatments. Cost me £100 for the vet. Really? Well, you say, you say that that's actually... Uh, for vets, that's quite cheap. Well, oh. Vets are really expensive. What, for flea treatment? Uh, they, they, yeah. That, yeah, but that's on top of the, the 20 quid I've already spent on the flea treatment that didn't work. Right. The two cans that cost 20 quid each of flea home spray that don't work. Okay, yes, 160 so quid. So all of that, on top of the £100 yesterday at the vet, the £80 for the pest controller. Oh, blimey. Don't get a cat, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I'll say. Yeah, they're, they're awful animals. Well, I mean, riddled. But... Everything is now smelling of roses. However, he did say to me, he said, uh, don't walk with bare feet on the floor for two weeks. <laughs> well, I Why? forgot. Oh. I forgot. And this morning I walked with bare feet and now I feel like my feet are burning. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the salt of my feet. sprayed on the floor. I think bleach. Wow. Can I? No. I don't want to be a party pooper. My glass is half empty. Oh, what are you going to tell me? Don't... I, I bet you've still got fleas. Well, I, potentially for two weeks, yeah. as they as they all they die. But as the eggs hatch, yeah. and they get one whiff of this stuff that's all over the carpets, they're dead. Wow. 
Wow. Lovely. Well, I hope it works out for you. He did also say, he said, I must just make you aware that when I've put this stuff down in your house, it will kill all other bugs in the house. Beautiful. As if I'd be disappointed. I said, fantastic. No more spiders and flies? There's nothing. Wow. Nothing can survive in my home anymore. <laughs> it's radioactive. Can the cat, is it okay for the cat to go back in? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's all right. Okay, good. He's good. fine. Good. Oh, exciting. Well, fingers crossed. Oh, I hope so. Although I, I bet in, in two weeks' time, you'll be coming in, scratching and talking about those blooming fleas again. Oh, don't. No, I think it, the job is done. Fingers crossed. What's on your show this morning? Coming up this morning on the big phone, I, I'm liking your recycling story. Thank it's you. It's been years since I've talked about recycling. Yep, yep. Uh, we're going to change that this morning at nine o'clock. Oh. I'm going to be asking, are you a lazy slob if you don't recycle? Oh, yes. A new report by MPs says that councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. Figures show that only 6% of food that's thrown away by households in the UK is actually recycled. That lady that Justin went out to speak to earlier, Yep. who described, she said, if you don't recycle, you're lazy. Yep. I wonder whether she's just hit the nail on the head. People who don't bother to recycle, are they just lazy slobs? Mm. I've got, in the, the new house I've moved into, I've got five bins now. Five. That's just ridiculous. Five. I've got black, I've got green, I've got ones for bottles and tins and, and plastic bottles. I've got ones for, for newspapers, paper and envelopes, oh, but you have to cut out the little uh, the little clear... Oh, for goodness sake! ...address bit. You name it. What a waste of time. It's... Really? Well, I like recycling, but we, all our recycling goes in one bin. Everything goes in one bin. We don't separate. Everything? Everything goes in one bin. You've got five. What a waste of your life. Five bins. Ridiculous. Five. We have one rubbish bin and one recycling bin. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Gosh. Yeah. This sounds like a, a wonderful recycling it, system. Isn't it marvellous? I like this. Yes. Well, coming up this morning from nine, are you a lazy slob if you don't recycle? I'll be talking to a woman just after the news at nine. Oh. She doesn't bother recycling anything. And she's loud and proud of it. Oh, gosh. We'll hear from her. And I'd like your calls on 08459 555. Are you a lazy slob if you don't recycle? This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin Dealey's gonna help me. I make the girl mine, keep the stood in line. Justin Dealey's gonna help me. I make the girl mine, wave the victory sign. <laughs> hey, boss, can I just say this on record, okay? Yes. Yep. Across beds, hearts, and bugs Please to do, a few people yep. who are listening this a morning. Ha- a handful. A handful, a handful. You've got a lovely voice, you know. It's true. And again, let me just back up Scoinsy here. I would turn around for you if I was on the voice. Again, uh, on, yes, I'm. <laughs> yes, okay. Ooh. I was doing some good. I might do some. I've got that um, I- I- instrumental album. I, I might. Uh, maybe on Monday. I might. I might yeah. um, bust a few tracks. It's got your name written all over it. Yeah, all over it. What you got for it? Oh, fan clubs. Fan, fan clubs. Club. Yes. Uh, Duran Duran are suing their fan club for the princely sum of about twenty-three thousand pounds. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Um, Simon Le Bon would drop that down the back of the sofa and yeah. not bother looking for it. <laughs> Simon Le Bon, what a hero. Or, or, or he'd drop it and then get Yasmin to bend over and pick it up. Yes. <laughs> 
good. Uh, you, I, I was in a Bruce Lee fan club, uh, a Monkees fan club, when I was quite a few Monkees fan clubs. I'm in a Beach Boys kind of fan club, although I didn't get a wallet mm. or a, a, a photograph with a stamped-on autograph of any of the Beach Boys. Uh, you weren't in any, were you? Well, I was... I'm going to say this, and Luton Town fans, you're going to love me for this, because uh, this morning I am live in Watford, and I'm going to say this standing outside of the car, loud and proud. When I was young, I was in the Junior Hatters, which was the Luton Town fan club for youngsters. Every single year you got a very special membership card, you got a very special birthday card, and to be in that club, it felt very special. I was the future. Well, well, good for you. And now you're the past. Yes. You've been speaking to uh, the public this morning. What have they had to say yes. for themselves? Uh, I'm in Watford and some interesting people, some interesting headwear. I have been talking to people about fan clubs, past and present. Ian, here's what people had to say. Well, here's David. David is wearing braces this morning. He's got a straw hat on, which says, I'm the main man. You're telling me that this is your life in badges on your head? Yep, yep, that is correct. I'm not really the main man. That was just a birthday present from one of my sons. That's very nice. Uh, The Man From Uncle. Uh, You were in the Man From Uncle fan club. Tell us your memories. Indeed I was. That was a 1960s show for those who weren't familiar with last century's TV. And it was an American show basically featuring Robert Vaughan and... Uh, David McCullum Mm. and it was set in America and basically it was a bit of a laugh Uh, I got a membership card which I lovingly sellotaped to preserve sadly I've mislaid it at the moment but I mislay a lot of things that comes with age I will find it though Um, and in terms of being in a fan club yeah, did you, you really enjoy it? Did you love being in a fan oh, club? Did it make you feel special? Well, yeah, I was about 13 at the time, so, yeah, it made me belong, I suppose. I used to get the magazine. Um, but there wasn't a great deal of interaction between other members. So Probably the, a good thing, to be fair. <laughs> well, probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you had a membership card and you were in a certain group. Now, you had operations and research and etc., etc. I forget which group yeah. I was in. I even had a number, but I can't even remember that. Well, it all sounds very detailed. Best of luck looking <laughs> for that membership card. Look after yourself and your badges. Take care. You take care. Thank you. Well, here's Tom. Tom, you're 65 years old, on the streets of Watford this morning, wearing your very nice Playboy baseball cap. Your son is in the Anna Frail fan club. Tell our listeners what he gets for being in that fan club. Sell it to us. He gets uh, vi- videos from America and picture frames, like photographs in all different dresses and, uh, and a gear. But she's English and she lives in America and he's seen her seven times at, at one theatre in London in Regent Street. Incredible. If I said to your son, do you know what, Anna Frail, I think as an actress, she doesn't cut it for me, would I be physically attacked, verbally attacked? What would happen? Uh, no, you won't be attacked. You'd just say uh, you don't know nothing about it. So I would leave it at that. Well, there, there we go, you see. Mm, Anna Frail's a great views. actress. Well, yeah, she, she is. I mean, it, it was just, uh, you know, it was just a point I was making. Don't, I didn't mean it. Don't. I didn't well, mean what it. What has she done recently? She's not done a lot, has she? She uh, gets her hair cut in the same place I get mine done. Well, she was in a drama with Mark Warren about a year ago. OK, so what has she done recently? Uh, I don't know. I like her. I think she's good. I'm not yeah. saying it to be flippant and dismissive yeah. of her career. I think she's. I think she's good. I'm not knocking her. It was just a point, you know. Didn't she do something about uh, being a sort of wartime land girl? Was she in that? 
don't know. All right, Scoins, why don't you... Why don't you <laughs> all right, mate, blimey. Chill yeah, out, Scoinsy. Yeah, chill out, Scoinsy. I'm just saying, you know, before oh, you dismiss Scoinsy, just somebody's hey, career... Hey, whoa. Calm whoa. down, fella. Oh, easy, what's easy. His, Justin, what's his beef? I don't know, but um, what I would say, that photograph you're talking about today in Lewisham, the double yellow lines, yeah. I oh. urge our listeners to go onto Twitter. What a mess. Or Facebook. It looks ridiculous. What Thank are they you. playing out there? Well, well hang on. Well, you. you're starting, now you're agreeing with Dealey, are you? Well, I'll, look, I'll, I'll never disagree with Justin. Thank you. Justin, it looks fine. Most of the people are agreeing with me. There is a conversation brewing. We've got some trolls on there who I'm going to block in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, So, but it looks fine. No, it doesn't. Listen, I'm going to take this to the streets on Monday. I have never seen anything so ridiculous in all of my life. Double yellow. Oh, we've lost the signal. Uh, oh, we've lost your signal. Oh, we've lost my... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at very slow at the moment. The M1 heading northbound. The entry slip road at the moment is still closed at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now this is following um, a lorry that overturned. There is some recovery work taking place at the moment. Has closed off two lanes at the moment on the A509 um, just on the roundabout. Um, so it's causing delays. The M25 heading anti-clockwise. Slow moving between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Rather heavy moving on the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21 roundabout. So far looking at the trains everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A teenage boy is feared to have drowned in a lake at a Bedfordshire quarry. The emergency services were called to Clophill Pits at about 6 o'clock yesterday evening. The police will issue a further update later this morning. Councils should be banned from sending food waste to landfill, according to a new report by MPs. Luton Borough Council say it's too expensive to have a separate food waste collection. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England atop of the medals table after the first day of competition at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Scotland a third after four gold medals on day one. There's a full medal table available on the BBC Sport website. Scotland won two golds in the swimming pool last night with Ross Murdoch beating fellow Scot and favourite Michael Jameson in the 200 metres breaststroke. Michael definitely is a hero to me. Um, it's someone who I looked up to after the Olympic Games and he made me truly believe that you know Brits can win major medals. So yeah, he, he's someone that I've always looked up to, but I now consider him a friend that now that we've came here, I've been on a couple of teams with him. Sir Bradley Wiggins says he's finished with road racing and will concentrate on the track. The team pursuit was his only Commonwealth Games event, but he had to settle for silver. Probably that'll be it for Grand Tours now and things, so I can't imagine doing that now with what's, what it's going to take to get up to speed with these guys. So I think, um, yeah, I've kind of been in, done it, thank, thank God, and, you know, it's kind of... I'd say this, this has to take priority now, really, if we want to win gold. 
And Hertfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Laura Trott is in action today. The second half goal from Atej Vidra gave Watford a 1-0 win at Boreham Wood last night. Troy Deeney was not in the Hornets squad as speculation continues about a move to the Premier League. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow. Watford make the short trip to St Albans. Luton host Belgian side Royal Antwerp. Stevenage are at Chesham. Wickham return to Reading. Milton Keynes Dons host Nottingham Forest on Sunday. And practice starts this morning for Sunday's Hungarian Grand Prix with Lewis Hamilton trailing championship leader and teammate Nico Rosberg by 14 points. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, there's a lot to talk about this morning. Let's have a, a, a little recap, shall we? Your, your councils will be... Um encouraging you, it's been suggested, to recycle your food. Now, listen, I do the the plastic recycling and the bottles and the stuff like that. I don't wash them out. I've been told that's very bad. Really? Is that 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 bad, to not wash the recycling? The recycling food thing is, um, is an odd thing. I can't be bothered. Really, we don't have that much food waste, probably more than we should do. But the thought of recycling food, you've got that bin, that little green box bin, and you're supposed to scrape. Oh, how disgusting. How disgusting. Where do you put that? In the kitchen? Outside the kitchen? Well, hang on, if it's outside the kitchen, it means you've got to open the door and go and scrape the food off. And what if it's raining? I'll forget it. It's a lot of faff, isn't it? And really, when you consider, I don't know, China? Mm. Me putting a little bit of cold pasta... Uh, or a bit of leftover pizza. There's never any leftover pizza. Doesn't exist. Oh, I've got a good tip for that. I'll tell you it later. In a bin. Well, it's not really going to say. It's, it's all about money, isn't it? It's not about saving the world. Mm-hmm. It's about money. That's what it boils down to. Cold, hard cash. The CHC. The ch- that's what it's all about. Uh, Jane Wally, MP, didn't uh, really answer your question, though, did she? And about the about the financial penalties. Yeah. Sort of dodged that one a little she, bit. She dodged it a little bit. Um, what's the tip for cold pizza? Mayonnaise? No. Curry sauce? No. Chili sauce? The way you the way you deal with cold pizza? Yeah. You put it in the uh, in a frying pan, on a dry frying pan. Yeah. And uh, heat it up for about five minutes. And what not only what it does is it gives you a lovely crispy base, but it also the heat permeates through and uh, melts the cheese again. It's That's like awesome. having a new pizza. The last two Sunday mornings, I've got in I've got into my car and discovered that there is a third of cold pizza still in there from the job I was doing the day before where they give me pizza. Wow. Sunday breakfast. Wow, that's that brilliant. It's the best. I very nearly um, split up with my wife before she was my wife because uh, one of the first times she stayed at my flat, we ordered curry. Mm. Yeah, curry for supper. Mm. And uh, the next morning I went down for cold curry breakfast. Of course. Which, which you just whack it on the plate, a bit of mayo, beautiful. Don't bother heating it. I couldn't find it. I said, where did you uh, put the leftover curry? I threw it away. You did what? What? Get the hell out of my house, brother. <laughs> you don't throw away that stuff. Especially if it's a delicious doll. Oh, yeah. Oh, I might have a, I might have a cheeky little cuz tonight. Oh, cheeky little cuz. We're talking about that. We're talking about fan clubs. Ever been the member of a fan club after Duran Duran are um, suing their fan club? And also... 
I can't remember how we got... Oh, no, there was an Everly Brothers song that you weren't allowed to listen to because your dad thought it was too uh, impactful. Yeah, it was... uh, I think it's... It's about an aeroplane crash. Kenny's told me it's called Ebony Eyes, but... um, Ebony and Ivories by the Everly Brothers. Yes. The Everly Eyes. Uh, Is there a song that you won't let your kids watch or a film that you won't let your kids watch uh, because you think it's just too emotional? And and what made you cry as a kid? 08459 455 555. Oh, and if you go to the Facebook... There's a lot. I told you we've got a lot. If you go to the Facebook page, have a look. There's a picture of uh, some double yellow lines. Don't worry, it gets exciting. Uh, Scoins is unhappy. I think this, it, the job is well. Have a little look and have your say, and we'll go through some of those comments, and we'll have to delete a couple of them as well. Uh, Peter's in Warburton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. Thank you very much, boss. Now, uh, recycling. Yep. Uh, the recycling people have just been to our house. Oh, yeah. Along the street. And uh, it's just one pink sack with paper and plastic and tin cans, etc. Yeah. Uh, that's all we've recycled this week. Oh. Um, nothing else. Being vegetarian, all our parings and bits and pieces end up on the allotment, making compost. And those people in Watford, I hope they win because it's the thin end of the wedge if they get away with it to uh, um, dig up their allotment and stick houses all over it. Oh, look at you. You're jumping all over the place, you political loon. Not only that, washing up, dishwashing. Oh, here we go, um, yeah, yeah. Our cans uh, that go into uh, the recycling, um, when I do the washing up, which is by hand, um, very satisfactory, rinse, put aside... That dries and can be dried with a nice dry cloth. Everything shines. Absolutely. There, 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 are, there are people under the age of 22 listening to this, Peter, going, what? You can wash things by hand? That's crazy. Madness, isn't it? Absolute madness. I want to check up from the neck up. But the last thing that goes into the bowl, which is uh, by then pretty disgusting, is the cans that we may have used. Yeah. Uh, they're just rinsed through and then put in the uh, recycling. And then do you go and pour that water on your plants? Sometimes we do. Oh, Peter! If it's not too disgusting. China are building 50 new coal factories a week, <laughs> right? But you, you recycling a tin can ain't gonna do nothing. No, but it makes me feel better. Thank you very much, Peter. That's, I think that's is true, isn't it? 50 new coal factories a week in China? Uh, statistically, you're correct, yeah. Something like that. Uh, Ke- oh, this is good. Ken has emailed him. Uh, we gave up food recycling because St Albans Council gave out silly plastic bags for it made of a sort of tissue paper. Mm. After a couple of days, it falls apart and you're left with decomposing food waste dripping out of the storage bin. When we phoned St Albans Council about it, the girl on the phone lowered her voice as if telling a secret and told us to just put the food in the normal non-recycle bin. <laughs> she probably lost her job. <laughs> if that's true, Ken, wowzers. 08459 Sarah's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Sarah. Hello, Ian. Love your programme in the morning. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. As long as you... Yes, good. What have, what have you got to say today? Ban, buy one, get one free. What? It's ban, buy one, get one free on food. Why? Why? Because there are households like mine where there are only two people. Yeah. And it has no value to us. If everything was half price, everybody would get the same deal without buying wasteful food. But you don't have to buy the buy one, get one free. No, but if I buy the one, in the, the single one, yeah. that isn't on the offer, it works out more. 
Well, but then that's but that's, that's the that, point of the offer. But I don't want twice as much bread. Well, don't take the second. Don't take the second loaf then. You can't blame the supermarket. You can't punish me, Sarah. Who I'm not punishing I, I you. I want the second loaf. Yes, but if everything was at half price instead, you could still buy two loaves for half price and get the same deal. I know what you're saying, but that's not that's not how those deals work, is it? Really, it, it's not the same as it being half price in a weird sort of way. It's all worked out mathematically. You could always freeze the second loaf of bread. I don't need to because I find a whole loaf. I buy a small loaf, and that's all we need to get through. Yeah, but 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 when you've got through that one, you can then defrost the second loaf of bread, and then you can get through that one. Yes, but I don't want the temptation of eating all that bread. Well, don't buy. Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> You can't, you can't blame Tesco. I'm not just talking about bread. I'm talking about everything. But the thing if is... You're, if you're on a low income yeah. and there's only one of you, I'd rather... And I am disabled, so I don't want to carry a whole load of shopping. I right. just want to buy what I need so that if, I, if I know it's half price... Yeah. yeah, you do know. Thank you. I do know what you mean. I'm just being argumentative for the sake of I it. I know. I know. I love your argument. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone does, Sarah. I appreciate your time. Are you doing anything nice this weekend? Am I doing anything nice this weekend? Uh, yes, I'm relaxing. I can finally say oh. goodbye to my old house. Oh. And settle properly into my new one. Oh, wh- when did you move? Um, over the past week. Oh, OK. So it's been one of those those kind of stagger things. And so this weekend, oh. that's it. You're done. You're, you're in your new home and, and you can kind of kick your, your slippers off metaphorically. Yes. Well, listen, enjoy your new home. Always a, a stressful period, but always worth it when it's done. Yes. yes. S- Sarah, yes. nice to talk to you. Have a lovely weekend. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Ella's in the New Forest. Good morning, Ella. Hi. What's, what's wrong? Um, basically... Why, why are you giggling? In, what's going on? I was in a taxi the other day. Oh, yeah. And the guy told me that... Um, that I could join his tax company. Oh, yeah. And I'd get paid loads if I answer the phone. Sorry? I'd get paid loads of money if I answer the phone for them. Sounds like a good job. Are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. Well, do, 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 what, is, what, uh, so hang on a second. Have you got a job at the moment? Yeah. What's, what, what do you do? I work in a Mexican restaurant. Do you really? Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you get free Mexican food? Yeah, I do, actually. You can't eat too much of that stuff, though, can you? Yeah, I know. I've got really fat, so... OK. Do you, um, do you have a moustache? No. OK. So, uh, <laughs> you, but this, this taxi driver... Yeah? He reckons, what, you'll earn more money by answering the phones in a cab office? Uh-huh. Yeah? Than men do. More money than men do. Oh, sorry? Yeah. Why? Because we're better... But what, answering phones in the taxi office? No, women are better. Women are better at answering phones in the taxi office? Yeah. All right, let's try it. Okay, I'm phoning you up. Okay. Hi. Hello, is that the taxi company? Yeah, it's the taxi company. Can I help you? Yeah, I'd like a taxi, please. Yeah, okay, sure. When do you want it? As soon as possible, please. Okay, cool. What's your name? Okay, what, sorry? What's your name? Did, did you just say, okay, cool? No. Okay. My name's uh, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi. Cool. Right now, you now you phone me because you that was rubbish. You phone me. 
Okay, hi Ian. I mean, hi. You don't hi, know. You don't know. Taxi. You don't know that I'm still Tony, by the way. Right. Hello, uh, taxi cabs. Can I help you? Hi. Can I order a taxi, please? Certainly. Where would you like it? Um, at my tent in New Forest. Okay, your tent in the New Forest, and where would you be going to? Um, home. Okay, and uh, sorry, what, uh, what's your home address? Obviously, don't give me the home address, but just you know, to make one up. Um. Manchester. Okay, Manchester. Uh, okay, when would you like that? Now. Okay, we'll be there in about five minutes. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Can I just take your name, please? I hate you. Sorry? Nothing, Ella. Did you... I th- did you just... No, you wouldn't have done that. That would have been far too no. rude. For... No, no. Yeah. No. No, it would have been far yeah, too rude. I would. Um, well, now, technically, I don't know if you do, because <clears throat> if you remember, Ella, I asked where you wanted to be picked up from and where you wanted to go. And I don't remember. No, but the fact that I'm a girl, I win. Well, it, well, it, you win if the competition was who's the best girl out of me and you, you would win that, although only just, judging by your, 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 your manner. But uh, <sighs> if the competition if, was who is best at pretending they are uh, answering the phones in the taxi office, which it was, I made that quite clear at the start, then, then I, 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 I totally thrashed you. I don't think so. Well, well let's go to our independent judge, producer Paul Scoynes. Hi. Um, hi. Um... I, I think actually, Ian, it, on all criteria, uh, you you did uh, outperform Ella in that one. I'm I'm, I'm afraid. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. I, I probably actually maybe we shouldn't have that repeat. I'm not I'm not sure. Sorry. She, hmm? she she said forget that. Oh, forget that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. I'm I'm the independent adjudicator in this instance. So. Well, Ella, it's been it's been great beating you in a job application. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I I, I do genuinely think she said forget that, but if anybody else filled in the blanks and heard something completely different, uh, then you have our sincerest apologies, of course. Never our intention to offend. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A509 at the moment is blocked at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now, this is all due to the overturned lorry. At the moment, some recovery work is taking place. The traffic has been stopped um, momentarily. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving, between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Also very slow in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.46. It's Friday the 25th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A teenage boy is feared to have drowned in a lake at a Bedfordshire quarry. The emergency services were called to Clophill Pits at about six o'clock yesterday evening. Council should be banned from sending food waste to landfill. That's according to a new report by MPs. Luton Borough Council says it's too expensive to have a separate food waste collection. And people in Watford are taking the battle to save their allotments to the High Court in London today. Coming up, more on fan clubs, more on um, answering the phones in a taxi cab office and just how rubbish are dishwashers. Here's the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello there. There's still a bit of clo- low cloud around in spots uh, and that needs to clear before we start to see the sunshine through elsewhere. They're already quite bright with more sunny smells on the way. Later on, we could just see uh, some showers, which may be a little heavy, perhaps even thundery. But for many of us, it will be a dry day with temperatures reaching 27 degrees Celsius. Tonight, some clear spells, a bit more mist and low cloud developing with lows of 16 degrees. And tomorrow, another fine and sunny day. A few showers around in the evening for some, though, with temperatures reaching 27 degrees Celsius. Over the weekend, it's likely we'll see one or two thundery showers, but uh, what we will notice is those temperatures starting to drop. So we'll still be in the low to mid-20s, so still quite warm, but not as hot as it has been, and certainly less humid. That's your latest forecast. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's causing controversy on Tinternet and it's uh, almost melting Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. The double yellow line saga continues. Uh, If you want to go and have a quick look at the picture and leave your comments, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We'll read out some of the best ones and some of the ones that aren't libelous uh, before the end of the show. You can also give us a call 08459 455 555. Big story today. Duran Duran are suing their fan club for about £24,000. Because of unpaid fees and stuff, allegedly. And it kind of got me nostalgic. for. I miss the old fan clubs. I miss, the, I miss the thing where you'd fill in a little form online and you'd cut it out. A, f- f- a bit of paper, sorry. You'd cut it out, you'd send it off with a cheque. Uh, and then you'd get, you know, all kinds of bump through the door. I miss all of that. Well, Colette Williams runs a fan club. Good morning, Colette. Good morning, Ian. Now, what fan club do you run? We one run for the Sussex and Surrey area oh. for Cliff Richard. Oh, hang on a second. So you, Cliff Richard is big enough that he's he's not got kind of one fan club. He's no, got no, regions. No, there's several dotted all over the country. OK, so, so Sussex and Surrey, did you say? Yes. How many members have you had? We've got about 140. We're a small fan club compared to um, Birmingham. How many have Birmingham got? Uh, 900. Flippin' heck. Flippin' (laughs) heck. They're a big area and they've taken on members from the Oxford fan club. Oh, I see. They've um, they've swallowed up Oxford. When the fan club president died a couple of years ago. So, Colette, if I were to join your Cliff Richard fan club, would I get stuff through the post? Is it kind of a traditional fan club? Um... Right. First of all, um, you get a bi-monthly magazine. Beautiful. Which tells you all, usually I, you know, I have my own page of what the Williams has been doing, you know, what's been happening in the Williams household and that sort of thing. Then it has all Cliff News. So there's a page about you? A little page about Uh, me. What what kind of things would you... About what goes, you know, because... The fans like to know what's going on in your life. Of course they do. So what kind of what kind of things would you would you say about the Williams household on that page? Oh, they 
doing because yeah. we support a group called That'll Be The Day. Oh, OK. I don't know whether you've heard of them. No, I've not, not heard of them. They sound good. Do you like 50s, 60s oh, and 70s music? I love it. With a bit of comedy. Yeah. They're brilliant. Oh, OK. So you write about them, you write about, you know, kind of... Um, you, you, we you go and see them. Council tax and stuff. You know, what we've been doing, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, in this edition, there'll be um, a paragraph, a book, for our friend Pat Gainton's annual Cliffy Barbecue. A Cliffy Barbecue! Happens, every year. Beautiful. And we meet up with the Sausages. Motley Crews from Essex and Co. And so you write about the, the, your Cliffy Barbecues, and then you, then the rest of the magazine is solely about Cliff Richard and what oh, he's up yes. to. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, we give a little paragraph because, as I say, with, regarding that would be the day what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, as Trevor Payne the founder of the group, is yeah. an honorary member of our club. Fantastic. So you, you, get, you get the bi-monthly uh, magazine newsletter. Is, yeah. is there anything else that, that fans um, would get? Well, I mean, what to run a fan club, it doesn't... Because I run it along with my mother, Ray. Yeah. And it's not for the faint-hearted, really. I, I bet it's hard work, it isn't it? It takes up a lot of time. Yeah. And... You know, you rely on, you know, if somebody hears something, I always say, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Oh, I like that. Might be nothing. Yeah. And, because uh, not one of the other biggest, well, the biggest fan club really is Cliff United. And they're based in Surrey, run by Christine Whitehead. She deals with overseas as well. Yeah. And what happens then? When Cliffy's doing anything... I love you call him Cliffy. I love it you call him Cliffy, Colette. That's so wonderful. <laughs> It's so and, charming, uh, go on. She, it's her, the office allocate her to tell all the fan club presidents yeah. what, if a, you know, when tickets are going on sale for a tour. And then it is all real, all systems go. Have you ever met him, Colette? Have you ever met Cliffy? Loads of times. Really? I've met him. He knows who we are. Really? Yeah. And what's he like? Is he? I bet he's a bit cold. He's and very a bit, nice. I bet he's very, very nice cold when you meet him in real life, and he doesn't want to know you at all. He's got a wicked sense. He's got a very dry sense of humour. Really? How funny. Bordering on, does he mean what he says or doesn't he? Oh, blind. But you look at his eyes and his mouth, and you can tell whether he means it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he's and- always. We've all, you know, always had like banter, as I call it. A little bit of banter with Cliffy. Because I give him as good as he gives. I mean, the last time we <laughs> met him was up at uh, the Swaffertel yeah. at Heathrow. Yeah. When he did a wine signing of his new wine oh. called Congratulations. Fantastic. And uh, Mum and I went in to get He said hello to us, turned around and said to, said to me, Mum, he said, you can stay. He looked at me, he said, you can go. Oh, blimey. I said, oh, thank you. I said, thank you. How funny. Yeah, but that did wasn't you, all. Collect, oh, go on, go on. <laughs> he, uh, Mum celebrated her 90th birthday last year. Right. She'd be 91 this year. Yeah. And uh, she got a piece of birthday cake for him <laughs> in a box, and she <laughs> gave him some you nuts know, from, from her 90th birthday party and everything. Yeah. He looked at her, he said, really? Yeah. Then he looked at me, he said, I thought that was you. Oh, blimey. I thought, uh, no, yes. Colette, Thank if, you. So if if your mum your mum's Ray is she? Yeah. If your mum's ninety, ninety one this year. Pardon? If you'll be ninety one in September yeah. this year, yeah. How Colette, how old are you if you don't mind me asking, um, my love? Sixty eight. Sixty eight years old and you're I've spending all fan, this time. I've been a fan fifty six years. Blimey. This August. If suppose like August he's been in show business ninety six years. 
mean, ninety six years. I'll correct that. Fifty six years. <laughs> Colette, supposing Cliff phoned Cliffy phoned you up today and said, Colette, listen, we've got to end. We've we've got to knock this nonsense on the head. Run away and marry me. Let's go and make mad, passionate love on my island in the Bahamas. Would you go? I'd have to think very seriously about that. Really? <laughs> Would you consider it? Is there, is there a, a, a Mr Williams? P- pun? Is, have you got a husband? No. Oh, OK, so it, it, it could happen. <laughs> but, I mean, as I say, my mother's 91... And she would be my main prior. She's my main priority. Good for you. Colette, listen, it, it, just give us the name of your fan club one more time so people can look it out. It's the Cliff Richards um, fan club of Sussex and Surrey. Oh, well, listen. And yes, we're, we're welcome to more members because I'm telling people to stay in their fan clubs. Exactly. Colette, listen. a new mm. system has been introduced. Oh. Well, Colette, some listen, like it, some don't. Colette, I've got, Colette, we're coming to the end of the show. You've been such a good sport this morning. I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much and lots of love to Ray. I will do. Thank you, my love. Wow, fantastic. Stephen's in Houghton Regis. Morning, Stephen. Morning, Ian. What have you got for us? We've, got about, we've only got a minute, I'm afraid. Sorry. OK, fine. Sainsbury's up in Cannock have come off the national grid because they're powering their uh, store by um, their own electricity. Sorry? Sainsbury's up in Cannock are powering their own uh, store by their own food waste. Well, really? Yep. Well, have they got, like, a little generator? A little? Have they got a, a, yeah. a, a, a ge- an incinerator they, or something? They set, they set up with Biffa, the waste people, Biffa. a pipeline, and they literally have come off the national grid. What, the whole store? Yep, it's powered by... By the food waste. Scoins, investigate that. Okay. Uh, Stephen, I've got to move on. Thank you very much. I'm just going to move on because I want to squeeze uh, this caller in, this little gentleman known as uh, J Dog. Hey, morning, boss. Morning, Justin. Yes. Did you hear Colette? Oh, wasn't she fabulous? Oh, I love it. I love the fact she calls him Cliffy. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffy. <laughs> and he thinks. Seriously, Colette, that, that phone call could happen. You never know. He, he might pick up that phone one day and say, come on, Colette, mm-hmm. let's run off to my uh, my Caribbean island and make sweet love all day. Yeah, I think it will be amazing, but you never it know. It could amazing. happen. It could. It mm-hmm. could happen, but bless her, she put her mum first, so I have to consider because I look after my mum. Oh, love her. Just, you're doing your show tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Time qu- and place and content, please. Oh, you'll love this one. 12 until 2 tomorrow, two hours of great songs and great memories with me. Uh, we are playing the UK and American charts from this weekend back in 1966. Uh, requests from the streets of Stockfold, the home of our big tour. Plus, and this is what you'll love, uh, we have a listener vote. Two for the price of one. Who would you like to hear two songs in a row from tomorrow, XTC oh, going oh, head to head oh, with OMD. Oh, 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 uh, oh, 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 what, uh, what, what, what time is that on? 12 until 2 tomorrow. Uh, uh, can I vote? Yes. Yes, sweet. That's very, very, very exciting. Hmm. Very excited. Uh, listen, thank you everyone who's uh, taken part in the show uh, today and this week. Uh, thank you, Paul, for stepping in at short notice. Look right. forward to working with you next week. Uh, if you want to get in touch over the weekend, you're more than welcome to. Ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. Kelly, what times does the new podcast get released into the wild? Probably about 11am. Beautiful. Some good stuff in it this week. Amazing Some stuff. Some very, very good stuff. Paul, just before we go, I need to ask you, did we get a statement from Barnfield? Uh, we did, in, and it, it basically says that... Uh... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
two lanes are closed at the moment on the A509, just at junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Now, this is after the lorry overturned earlier on this morning. Um, it's still closed the entry slip road there, um, causing delays while they recover the lorry at the moment. The M25 heading anti clockwise, very heavy between junction 18 at Chorleywood and junction 16 for the M40, and busy on the North Orbital Road just at junction 21A roundabout there. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. Have a nice weekend. Ah, man alive. Right, that's it. That's your lot. JBS is coming up next. Get the podcast in a couple of hours. And uh, from Just Scoins, Kells and myself, we'll see you on Monday at 6 to 10. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's 9 o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, are you a lazy slob if you don't recycle? A new report by MPs says that councils should be banned from sending food waste